Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is James Cordiner. Welcome to the fifth edition of Black Pill Digest. As a brief introduction, I would like to say that knowing the truth will set you free. I'm sure we've all heard that phrase before. Truth is defined as what has actually happened and what is actually happening. It exists in the here and now, along with the past. Perception is the organization identification and interpretation of sensory information in order to represent and understand the present information or environment. The trivium is a three-step process of identifying and discovering the truth. The steps are the grammar stage, the logic stage, and the rhetoric stage. We also use our five senses along the way too. We ask who, what, when, where, why, and how to complete the process of discovering and determining the truth. Life, life is like a target. Having an accurate perception of reality is like hitting the bullseye. The control of your perception has been the strategic advantage of the predator class who have no right to exist. This is done cunningly through the news, television, and movies that are popular today. Taught at a young age, at every opportunity, the advercundium fallacy, better known as the appeal to authority fallacy, has been implemented by those seeking control to ensure that the people cannot think for themselves and will, not, and will have no choice but to rely on some uniformed agent to tell them what they should perceive as truth. Here to help us better expose those who are guilty of this attack on our minds First, of course, is my co-host on Black Pill Digest, Sean McCann. Greetings, everybody. Thank you. And we're very glad you're joining us today. Also, this evening, we're joined by Brett Carollo uh, from the PSYOP Cinema Podcast. Brett, how are you this evening? Good. Good to be with you, James. Thank you for being here. And um, we have also at the moment with us a good friend of mine and uh, of, of many different broadcasts that we've done together, Ivan from Phoenix, Ivan Oyola Jr. from Free Your Mind, Arizona. Thank you for being here, Ivan. How are you this evening, buddy? All right. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. You're coming through loud and clear, loud and right. clear. So... Uh, yeah, the control of perception. We're, we're waiting for Etienne de la Buisi, uh squared to catch up and, and uh, come on to the show at the moment. We're expecting him at any moment, hopefully. And, uh, but the control of perception through the media, um, this is what, we're, this is what our, our mission is tonight, to discuss, to discuss this. So we have some, uh, some clips and I'm sure a lot to talk about this evening. We're in for a wild ride. So I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass the torch over to uh, Sean McCann to kind of kickstart, kickstart where we're gonna be going this evening. Sean, take it away, buddy. So we've all, uh, everybody in this age group here has, I'm sure, grown up like swimming in the soup of this media. Like television has been the main. Uh, mind control device in everybody's home uh invading us with foreign transmissions you know programming us to do what the will of the masters and it started with the radio 
I mean, the like the RCA nipper dog listening to his master's voice. Like it's it was built for propaganda and it's continued to this day. And, uh, you know, the the military and Hollywood are one. I mean, ever since Disney with right after World War Two or during World War Two, right after Pearl Harbor, the day after Pearl Harbor was bombed, Disney lot was a military base and they made more videos of propaganda to get people to comply with war. And they, they would show them before every movie uh, when people go to the movie theater and they would sit all day and um, they would, they would play these cartoons and it would program their heads and they just grew up like, you know, and us, you know, we had the eighties and the nineties and, that was another level of propaganda where they were like giving us our worldview and they were teaching us about the world through this, uh, you know, magic box, this psychic trap, you know, and my childhood was like sugar and television, just straight up, just like sitting on the couch, getting fat, just zoned into this thing that had steals my consciousness. And, uh, I broke free of it. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, I was hooked. It was, it's a drug and, um, you know, they know it. They, this is made this way. Uh, we got an Alan Watt clip where he describes uh, about how it's built to put us in a trance. Um, awesome. Etienne is here. Yeah, we'll bring him in right now. Sorry to interrupt you, Sean, but we'll, we'll want to make sure that we include mm -hmm. all of our guests as much as Thank possible. Thank you. Thank you. At the end, What's going on, man? How are you? Hola, good to be with you guys tonight. Good to have you. I'm glad you made it. How um, how are you this evening? Welcome. Good. Man. Good. All right. So we're just going off running. Uh, we we had a start without you, but we're we're happy that you're here. That's so. great. And uh, Etienne, you wrote the book about how government is the biggest scam in history, and a large portion of that book is uh describing what they do to put us in a spell and with this with the media and the television and the news and um so we're very glad that you're here and you're gonna uh very much add to the conversation thank you for joining us uh, and uh art of liberty foundation as well everybody should uh visit that online and so we have uh uh, Etienne, uh, we also have Ivan and Brett. Uh, Brett is from PSYOP Cinema and Ivan is from Guy Next Door Speaks podcast. And we're all good friends. And uh, I guess I'd like to start with the Alan Watt clip. Uh, I was just talking about the flicker rate and uh, how it puts us in a trance. Let's start with that and then we can discuss Thank you, James. You got it. Awesome. The flicker rate on the television is very, very important. It was timed to be so many cycles per second, and, and it actually just meets with the brain patterns for an alpha state. Our, when our brain sees it through our eyes, we, we start to adopt that flicker rate in our, in our mind, and we go into a deep alpha state. Watch children and watch their mouths. They, they drop open. Uh, they won't hear their parents talking. 
uh, they're, they're hypnotized in the face. Uh, why would they give that particular flicker rate when they could have chosen a, a, a whole variety of flicker rates? It wasn't an essential thing to have. So it was done for a purpose. It was meant to be hypnotic. It was meant to be used as a tool of propaganda and indoctrination, uh, even through the guise of entertainment and so on. It also was to create a new society because they were the avant-garde, as I say, leading the sexual revolution through drama, through little documentaries, um, fiction, non-fiction, all combined. Once again, back to Plato, the audience see what they see. Uh, you understand that it's even worked out towards different age groups. There's something on for everybody, everybody's age group. Each age group is actually being updated as well, even the elderly ones into new ways of thinking or seeing things. But the target mainly was for youngsters. If we take one of the world's experts on propaganda, who is Jax um, uh, Elal, who wrote extensively on how the mind works and how all entertainment, he said, that has to do with government programs such as police, detective stories, detective series, which contain little human dramas as the hook you identify with to make you watch the whole story. Child gets kidnapped, detective goes on a hunt, he goes through hell and, and what fire uh, to get that child back. Um, you identify with the hero for, if you're a male, you identify with the heroine if you're female. And that's the hoop to get you to watch them. But what he said was, all dramas to do with police, or even the military in movies, are pure propaganda. Pure propaganda. The human story is just the, the bait to make you watch through it, to get you to identify with it. Because once again, there's always a message left somewhere in the movie. It might even be a message that's against your own morality. It could be where the cop, for instance, um, uh, does uh, sleep with this beautiful woman while his wife was at home, and it's all part of the story, and even tell you why he did this, he was feeling down that day, blah, blah, blah. And so you've just again altered your viewpoints on how you yourself might behave in that situation. And that sometimes that, can, that kind of thing can be justified. That's how you're downloaded through entertainment. It's there to alter and direct and always upgrade into another step of the direction that the entire culture for someone else's purpose. Let's talk about the effects of the Alpha State first of all. Recent articles I've even read on the air from various science uh, studies show you that, that even when you switch off television, you remain in that Alpha State for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer, depending on how long you've been watching it with high definition. It's, again, why, why would a president of a country mandate that all TVs had to go high definition? Is it because he really cares so much about your happiness? He wants better quality for you? Or is there another reason for it? Well, I'm sure the, the effects of the old flicker rates and what, what it did will also be incorporated in high definition, but with even more added benefits for bring you into a complete hypnotic state. How do you wake someone up who's addicted to television? Uh, you can't. Very, very simple. You can't get your daily brainwashing uh, where literally it's bypassing 
uh, any consciousness in the person. You can't take that every day and still try to wake up and learn at the same time. Uh, I've known people who've gone through complete withdrawal from television and gone into depressions because their, their entire routine is, is, is broken. They also have time on their hands, uh, which is a big aspect of control, remember, too. Uh, if you can take time away from a person who can think for themselves, who might say, oh, I'll go and read a book, I'll go and study something, or if you can take that time away from them and have them mesmerized in front of a television set, then you'll keep them dumb, stupid, compliant, and, and going along with the system. I always advise to people, if you know someone who's watching TV, um, it's quite simple to find out where they are mentally, uh, psychologically, uh, in, the, in the understanding of things. You can ask them a few simple questions. If they give you standard television answers, uh, forget it. Simple as that, forget it. If, if you see some spark of, of their own opinion coming in, there's maybe a chance you can do something with them. But you cannot get a... You see, television um, it can be classified as a drug. You're muted. What do we have to say about that? Uh, let's start with Etienne. What What do you think about that? Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, right off the bat, um, the word entertainment means entertain, means to entertain, means to hold or possess, and men or mente is the mind. So entertainment is to hold the mind and possess it generally long enough to show you a commercial and in the uh, election season, trick you into participating in their uh, rigged elections to give them um, legitimacy. Uh, and so uh, television is a whole bunch of different bag of tricks all rolled into one to get people to uh, give up their attention. And so some of the tricks that weren't mentioned uh, by Alan Watt, but that just you know, kind of spring to mind uh, easily are uh, constant motion. So, there's, uh, so the brain is um, psychologically drawn to motion. It's kind of like survival mechanism. And so the television is going to give you constant motion. And I think one of the best examples of that is the, at the end of the, you know, of, of like series, they keep the action going while they uh, show you the, the, uh, the end credits um, just because you're going to be drawn to that constant motion and not kind of click off. Um, so the, one, so my the, favorite is uh, what I like to call um, monkey vision. And in 2006, I was at a tech conference in Boston and they had a cultural anthropologist and he was just going to kind of throw into this crowd. And he told a story of a experiment done at Duke University where they had monkeys, male monkeys. They put them in front of a screen and images would go by and the monkeys were drinking juicy juice out of like a little of like a little hamster bottle. And as long as they kept drinking, the images would keep going by, but at any time they could stop drinking and the images would stop. And so that's kind of, you know, a delay of gratification. They were paying to see certain images. And what kind of images do you think that monkeys will pay to see? 
And the first one was kind of obvious, like people were yelling out, you know, answers from the crowd and the guy doing the, you know, display, you know, somebody you know, goes, monkey porn. He goes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he clicks his slide and there's a, you know, a male monkey looking over, a female monkey looking over her shoulder suggestively. And uh, that was number one answer. The number two answer, nobody in the crowd got. Absolutely not a single people were yelling out food, bananas. Uh, fights, you know, like all kinds of different things. And then finally, uh, he, he like nobody got it. He clicks it and goes, monkeys are willing to pay to see pictures of higher status monkeys. And so monkeys live in a troop and there's, you know, 12 monkeys and male monkeys and there's a beat down process. And if you're number three, you'll pay to see pictures of one, to, you know, monkey number one and two, but not four through you know 12 and if you're number five you'll pay to see one through four but not six through ten and so the so when you think about television television is taking these little tricks these you know like the biological uh um uh you know aspects of constant motion or you know uh seeing sex or celebrities or whatever it is mm. and they're wrapping it into a delivery package that they've merged with how to put your brain into an alpha state and um uh you know how to get you to you know to to watch either using you know uh uh, uh variations of constant motion celebrity and sex to uh to just all kinds of you know other like little tricks and so that's what television is and you, if you look at it as, as to a certain degree you know you know you want to have entertainment in your life uh but to understand you know what you're playing with when you're uh getting your entertainment day right yeah it's a it's it fully captures your consciousness and they have you know the the methods that they use are uh below the limit of understanding and there's no way that we can understand we just accept and in that state we just accept the earth is given to us and that's that becomes our worldview you know it becomes our eye to the rest of the world uh brett what do you think about that what do you what would you have to say well all, all well said there by Etienne, and yeah i really appreciated the the video so i guess well, one of the, the questions for us at, at PSYOP Cinema, you know, we sort of investigate the deep state aspects of the entertainment industry is like, well, first of all, like, where does this tech, where does this knowledge um, come from, right? And it tend, there, there's this overlap. There's, yeah, of course, we, we mentioned there's an overlap between, you know, the intelligence agencies and the deep state, the entertainment industry, but there's, there's a lot of different layers even to that, to that overlap. And I mean, so some of the technology, for example, and... The first technology is that that technology for capturing attention, right? For for keeping people um, in in the matrix, um, and so it's sort of a long history. I mean, you could go pre MK Ultra back to cybernetics and stuff like that. But at least with with MK Ultra um, in that era, we start to see you know a lot of of the um, esoteric knowledge about the psyche and how to entrain the psyche and program it that's spilling into the entertainment industry in, in weird ways. And I mean, something like the Ipcrest file, for example, which is a 1965 um, uh, British movie with Michael Caine is, 
um, depicting like MK Ultra mind control type of type of stuff. It's I mean it's well before a Clockwork Orange. Um, anyway, so there's in, in Britain especially there's a long history of people from the um, intelligence agencies who were involved in intelligence and you know basically starting to form the culture. Uh, the entertainment industry culture. I mean, Roald Dahl is one of them, for a guy who's been in the news, right? Who was, right. who was an intelligence officer and then wrote things like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And um, and, you, and you can go on and on. But so, yeah, it was, it was MKUltra was about was a specific kind of mind control. I mean, it was about trauma-based mind control right. um, because you know, we can talk about flicker rate and all these things. And that is a I think a low intensity form of what was they were doing in, sure. in experiments, but they were just using, you know, giving people high doses of psychedelic drugs and then subjecting them to traumatic stimuli to, in the words of you um, and Cameron, to depattern uh, the psyche and then to use psychic driving techniques and to repeat things, right? Which is stuff we see in commercials and, and so forth. So of course, the the if the intelligence agencies have this kind of knowledge. The entertainment industry wants this kind of knowledge, right? And the entertainment industry wants things from, or they, they you know, they ha they want things from each other, right? So to make a long story short, and people like Tom Secker and others now have, have documented the extraordinary amount, of, or at least some of it, the extraordinary amount of um, collaboration. I think there's some, at least we know, confirmed some 800 some odd movies and thousands and thousands of of TV shows and stuff you wouldn't even really imagine cupcake wars and things like this <laughs> the CIA is interested in. Um, so, and what's at the bottom of all that, because it's just very rudimentary. What we know there was collaboration where there was script control. We, in some cases we know specific script changes and so forth, but the, the, what are the agendas? That's the question. So we've talked about how perception control is about controlling a population, but I believe the, the Luciferian satanic psychopathic elites, let's call it what they are, adrenochrome drinkers that are running the whole show. They don't just want to control people. Yes, of course they want to control people that's the bottom line but they want to transform people in really morbid ways so we we our culture has become synthetic right so the average nor they think culture is organic they think it just you know elvis just grew out of the the swamp and and became this great you know no there's all kinds of gates you have to go through and there's all kinds of it's it's being and, and more and more as this as a knowledge of how to shape culture because it becomes more and more synthetic Okay, it becomes increasingly synthetic. So we, we, we're inter, we've entered a culture where like everything is kind of synthetic. And I guess people do start to see it more and more because like when you see like the sort of trans agenda stuff and woke and aspects, I mean, at least half the population can obviously see that this is being like mathematically <laughs> inserted into their, um, into their entertainment. But what they don't realize, what very few normies on either side of the political spectrum realize is that the whole culture is just a bunch of sometimes competing psyops, but it's all, it's, it's largely synthetic. It's, it's just a bunch of psyops, um, right? And so, I mean, hence psyop, you know, psyop cinema. Yeah, that's yeah. very well said, man. Yeah, that, uh, we actually have that list of 1800 um, CIA. I think uh, James might have the website. I don't know if he can pull it up. But there, there's uh, a new documentary, Theaters of War, based on the guys that put together that scholarship. And in Theaters of War, which is now, you know, out on the Internet, uh, they now take it up to thousands and thousands of movies and television shows. Wow. So the 800 number, uh, 800 movies and 1,000 plus television shows, that was a couple of years ago. Uh, that trend has continued and they've discovered new, uh, you know, films, movies, documentaries that, the, that either the DOD or the intelligence agencies had funding and uh 
you know, script control and other aspects of, you know, how do you get to change the way the military is viewed and portrayed in the world, but by controlling almost every aspect of what comes across the airwaves depicting the military. And so you're controlling that and you're able to kind of engineer um, a belief system about the, the military that may not be genuine because the people that were, you know, getting their information about what the military is and does and is all about, they've been getting that and it's being controlled in thousands and thousands of uh, movies and television shows. Ivan, you've seen thousands and thousands of movies and television shows. Yeah. Uh, what do you agree with Etienne and uh, and Brett here? What the hell am I doing on here, man? Along <laughs> here, what are you guys talking about, man? You're, yeah, come on. You got. <laughs> I'm you, the guy next door, man. I'm just gonna speak. Uh, well, we're we're glad to have you, brother. It's great. No, nah, man. Everything every, from the beginning, everything, the video and everything these guys have said brought new stuff to my attention. Um, this documentary I'm going to have to look up. But I know I've talked to James about this um, and other in other podcasts about looking into how much the CIA, how much they you know, have their hands in Hollywood. How many of these producers, directors, actors all are either controlled or are puppets or straight out or part of like the CIA and a whole bunch of names come to mind when I see these films and I'm like, that looks kind of CIA ish. And now I really got to watch this documentary because I'm pretty sure a lot of them, I'm going to be like, haha, I knew it. Aha, I knew it. But aside from that, um, yeah, that's, that's so much to talk about You guys, what are we like 26 minutes in already? And there's so much to go to, to address here, but the monkey thing was very interesting because I'm thinking about, you know, yeah, the attention span, what attracts people's attention, the sex, the violence and all that. That's very interesting. But the movement, that was pretty interesting because I wanted to say for how many years we've been doing these podcasts or watching these podcasts and things like this, these are freaking boring, aren't they? <laughs> Why? Because it's just talking, it's knowledge, information. You have to listen. We don't have movement. See, if we were things like this, movement, movement, we'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. That shows, you know, proves the point that you guys brought up that, hey, look, we're just guys standing here. So if we have movement going on, other people might tune in. But how many people do we give these links to and they'll watch for five or ten minutes and we're not start nodding to... off? You know we're what not I'm... trying to put people in a trance either. <laughs> that too. But again, it's that mechanism. You know, it's like, That's hey, right. attention, attention. Keep you know the truth. Right. You know, government is slavery. Da, 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 da. But, <laughs> but if that's how it works, you know, to, to get I into this. But yeah, very interesting. Um, that that popped to mind. Um, I don't know. There was so many different things you guys said that I was like, holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, doing the Congo line, like government is slavery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need to have like fireworks going off and you know, things moving. Hey, well, maybe that's, that's why that true. hypnotizing wheel. That's why I keep spinning. Motion, 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 motion. Uh, it gets you into that trance to take in the information. Right. That Captain America movie was like a government, like, like, a, hey, government's great. Da, 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 da. You know, it was like the whole thing was just sick. Which one? The, um, the Winter uh, Soldier. Oh, the first one. Uh, the first one, I guess. The first where, Avenger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, uh, your bonds. They make fun of propaganda in the beginning, but then it's like the next level of, like, now we're going to show you whiz bang crash boom you know like it's this is 
3D movie screen. Like, wow. Like, I don't know how they, you know, they try to make the old crap just new again. Like, but really, it's just more explosions, you know. Uh, I don't think they've ever gotten any better than like the 80s movies. You know, it's just been kind of a decline. You know, I don't know. if you guys would agree with me, but uh, we do have a clip of uh, Ben Affleck there. He's talking about the CIA in Hollywood. He did a movie called Argo. Uh, about you mean his CIA. Academy Award winning film? Why would that win an Academy Award if he wrote it, directed, and was in it? I mean, well, that's a coincidence. Come on. He didn't. I mean, Grateful Dead didn't. In theaters of war, ben, ben Affleck was the number one guy identified to be, you know, <laughs> promoting kind of CIA uh, interests, CIA point of views, uh, uh, you know, um, artificially engineered, uh, you know, PR flavored, uh, you know, movies designed to paint the agency in a, you know, good light, even if it has nothing to do with the historical accuracy of the situation. Right. And that uh, his wife there for a while, Jennifer Garner, had that show. She was identified as number two. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, thank you. You guys, all my suspicions. Are yeah. like, yes. <laughs> I got to watch this documentary. I'm going to feel good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a short clip here. We'll play. Yeah, we we got this clip. It's only uh, 40 seconds long. So, you know, let's, let's dig in. One of the themes of Argo is, is about storytelling and how powerful it is from political theater to um, the way we kind of communicate to our children to the way that we inspire people, you know, and it's interesting that Hollywood and, uh, you know, the clandestine services are both spend most of their time convincing people that something that's not true is in fact true. Are there many actors in Hollywood who also moonlight as agents, do you think? I think there are probably quite a few, yes. I think probably Hollywood is full of CIA agents and we just don't know it. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to discover that, you know, this was extremely common. Are you a I am, yes. <laughs> and now you've blown my cover. So there goes my career. Uh, as I hope the directing thing better work out. One of the themes. Dum dum. Well, you know, whether or not he's like really a CIA agent is up for debate. You know, clearly that could be jest. That could, that's perceived as, as joking around. But, and again, he does their bit. Oscar Wilde said, if you tell people the truth, you need to make them laugh because if you don't, <laughs> then they'll kill you. Yes. So we, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but, you know. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> it's for entertainment purposes only. Right. Right. That's the, way, that's the way that they want to make it out to be. But, I mean, this is, the, you look at the, the, the end credits of most of these movies and, you see, you know, big thanks to government agencies and uh, then these government agencies have their hand in script writing and all of these different processes of, of actually like producing the movie. And then they even contribute with equipment and uh, even probably buildings and extras and all of this other stuff. And it's like, OK, so um, direct control, indirect control. It's just all about control at, at, at many different, uh, many different angles there. So, right. And it's like the inception of it came from the same, like it was always for control of the mind. And, you know, it was always a government tool, you know, like, like the radio was and like the, the TV was the TV was a propaganda tool for the Nazis. You know, they, it had a green screen. It was like green and black, 
and there was like viewing theaters you know people would come and view this thing because it's like expensive or whatever and it would feed them the propaganda you know uh they were jealous of donald duck you know donald duck got people to pay their taxes uh i don't know if you guys want to speak we could probably speak about it. does anybody want to say anything about uh cia boy there uh <laughs> they have an opinion about him yeah no i mean i think yeah i think there's a ton of evidence well i mean the the emails that came out on argo i mean are pretty good evidence that he's a cia insider or whatever and we can debate what the meaning of a a covert agent or whatever i mean he's using all the lingo clandestine services and stuff he certainly wants to pretend like he is <laughs> um you know right but the the relationship i mean we don't need to speculate about the relationship between say tony scott you know and the c and the cia i mean we don't have look so that in the it was in the late 90s or early 2000s that was the first time that the agency first admitted that it had a liaison of course it had had a liaison before but it, the first time it admitted it had a liaison to hollywood was then and it was chase brandon who is chase brandon is a decorated uh covert operative of the cia he's also the cousin of tommy lee jones okay <laughs> and tommy lee jones appears in a movie like jfk that's produced by arnon milshon who is an admitted mossad agent Walden. Wow. you know this right i mean look this is just mainstream also media. he was in uh, under siege with the uh, uh steven seagal yep. mm -hmm. and that was very military pro-military it's their recruiting tool here, top, right? top gun but there's other stuff that's darker i mean so enemy of the state for example directed by tony scott in which chase brandon um is has some kind of credit or if you look on imdb though i mean he's he's directly connected with that movie and that has predicted programming of 9 11 and the nsa and and all of this stuff and you go on with the actual 9 11 stuff in the movie um brandon i believe he was a consultant on that show the agency which comes out in 2001 and already has the war on terror uh, all the slogans and stuff are already pre-packaged in a show that's being filmed um in the 2000s so no the the it's there's all sorts of documented at this point i mean it's of course this is only the tip of the iceberg in any sort of um deep politics model you're only seeing the tip of a gigantic iceberg but the tip is pretty is actually growing and pretty big and so arnon milshon again looking at him he's a mossad agent he's one of the biggest producers ever like in the history of hollywood and not only is he a mossad agent but he said in his admission to this or an interview where he admits it that you know a lot of other big players in hollywood are also uh, involved in clandestine services, you know, in, in covert ops. Um, so now is there proof that he was running specific psyops through media? Cause it was other stuff he's admitted to. He just happened to be, but no, but I mean, it absolutely. Well, it's all, I mean, it's all a kind of a psyop. So if you're trying to control people's attention and if you, you know, I mean, he's a producer in Hollywood. Uh, Robert Maxwell was a media baron um rupert murdoch fox uh you know the whole cnn uh time warner uh you know organization from hbo that makes government propaganda documentaries to cnn which makes government propaganda news um you know there's there's a uh there's a pattern of ownership of you know people connected to intelligence agencies uh, that are, you know, pulling the strings. In, in the case of CNN, Anderson Cooper uh, was a two-year CNN intern before he began traveling the world for uh, Channel One, uh, also connected to the CIA. And so, and now, you know, he's on 
a, uh, a, a network that's got over a half a dozen other for, you know, publicly, and if I, it may be even as high as a dozen if you include the FBI and the other Department of Homeland Security and other agencies, where you've got over a dozen folks that are commentators or, you know, get to talk about the news from that, from the standpoint of the CIA, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security or the intelligence agencies on just one network. It's amazing. Like that's a, it's just it's a, and we have a we've got a, a, a little kind of executive summary of the executive summary called Are You Getting Your News from the CIA? And you can find that on our Substack at artofliberty.substack.com. But you know across the other networks we identify you know well over maybe almost close to two dozen folks out of the two hundred people that get to talk about politics. So if you think about the you know, kind of just the news networks and the networks uh, and the, the amount of people that talk about, get to talk about politics on a recurring basis, on a regular basis on the, you know, these, these platforms, it's a very small number. It's probably not more than 200. Uh, and so for, you know, almost two dozen of them that we know about to be ex-intelligence agencies, you know, folks, that's a considerable percentage of the people talking about politics. Uh, I wanted to throw in these three words that bounced around in my head here in the last few minutes. It's um, in some of my previous podcasts, we talked about, I brought up the theme of compartmentalization. So a lot of this falls into that compartmentalization. Like, is everybody part of the CIA? No, you have compartmentalization. The second word I want to bring up is we can either flip one of these, the second and third word, you either have facilitators and assets. So you have compartmentalization, but then you have facilitators, people that know what's being done and why, and then you have assets like, shut up, here's five or $10 million, just do this and make sure you put this theme, this message in there, you know? So it's different, again, compartmentalized, different degrees, different levels. So we can say, oh, Hollywood is full of CIA people. Well, to what degree, you know, the actor might be getting paid well and Nine times out of ten, they're kind of CIA funded back kind of stuff, but he's just an actor and he gets paid well. And then you might have the producers or, or you know, the facilitators like you. We talked to, like you mentioned, you know, uh, Arnon Milken, Milchan, whatever, like people like that. So, right. yeah, we have different compartmentalizations, different roles that are played. But yet the big picture, again, this goes to the whole uh, you know, war on freedom, you know, ending right. slavery, who's for it and who's against it is the ones controlling are unified. They have different avenues, but yet they have the one agenda to control, to enslave. So yeah. that's that's the thing. Compartmentalize the different ways of doing it. You're going to act it. You're going to write it. You're going to direct it. You're going to produce it. You're going to distribute it. You're going to all this stuff. But the agenda is there, the main thing. Whereas on the other side, we have everybody scattered, you know, all over the place, like, you know, with different solutions of, you know, crypto or, or you know, um, disclosure or all this other crap. But yeah, so I want to bring that thing up. It's all the globalist agenda, basically. These, uh, you know, these CIA and and all of that. It works for the same rule Britannia, global, uh, you know, one world I like government. I just call it intergenerational organized crime. <laughs> right. Well said. Yeah. Spectre. You know, uh, it's like gets to the root of the you know the issue in a way that people can kind of understand, and it, and I mean that really what it, it really 
what it is, it is an intergenerational organized crime system that's people willing to use deceit, uh, trickery, um, uh, you know, control of the government, uh, you know, extortion. Um, you know, the crimes are kind of endless surveillance, um, warrantlessly wiretapping, you know, the population, like just, you know, widespread crimes. And so uh, if you identify it as intergenerational organized crime, then I think people can, to a degree, get their mind around it and understand, oh, okay, it's been organized crime. That makes sense. Look what's going on in D.C. Look at the waste fraud abuse. Look at the $14,000 toilet seats. Look at the Pentagon's, you know, Bishop's Fund scandal or it's, you know, Fat Leonard scandal or, I mean, you're, you know, you know hey, oh, it's organized crime. Exactly. Yeah. There's and, an example, if I may, real quick, there's an example um, of, of control of perception that I'd like to bring up. Um, a while back, there was a, a Wonder Woman, okay, 1984 was released. And of course, the, the title itself, 1984, will probably perk some years up. But <laughs> um, to Etienne's point about Time Warner, all right, uh, Warner Brothers Media, okay, owning uh, CNN. All right. And they own HBO. They obviously they own the WB, the WB. They own, they also own DC comics. Okay. Wonder woman is a property of DC comics. Uh, WB produces the movies and such. All right. So the catch up there is complete. What has been one of the biggest things that the, that the CNN has been responsible for? Controlling people's perception of gun of, of gun violence, call it gun. They call it gun violence. Okay, um, <clears throat> I don't promote violence myself personally. I, I it makes me sick thinking about violence. Um, enough about me, but this is what they do. They they control your perception of guns uh, through through CNN and their propaganda, and then they have their movie division. And and with Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, the movie starts out some scenes, whatever they're building the story through the movie. And then you have Gal Gadot, who is the main protagonist in the movie playing wonder woman. And she's fighting off a bunch of bank uh, bank robbers, or they're robbing an art gallery or something uh, along those lines. And she's deflecting the bullets with her, with her magical wristbands that have always been a part of wonder woman's, you know, uh, style. And the first you mean the S and M wardrobe. Oh, sorry. The, the first line out of Gal Gadot's mouth in the movie is I hate guns. So this is just a, a, a an example for people to understand just like across these media companies, the six major media companies that own all the other, I think it's six, is it six or four? I believe it's six, but they're the major ones that own all the other properties. And it's all like, you know, thanks to the telecommunications act of 96, uh, where like the monopolies are being able to be built up and everything. They are able to like, they're able to really hone in on messages that, that they want and they can really like funnel them through all these different avenues that they control that get to your eyes, your ears, and they control your perception uh, in this yeah, way. The, the first thing I ever saw disappear off the internet was a little mini kind of behind the scenes kind of mini documentary that Fox network did on their ability to insert a message into dozens of programs across 
a variety of their different brands and cable networks and things of that nature from the Simpsons. And the example that they gave was environmentalism and green messages. And so they did a series, they, they, they had this video and they did a series of clips where they had taken environmental messages and they'd inserted them into everything from the Simpsons to news programs, to to dramas, to comedies, to, you know, it was just, it was, we look at this, look what we did. We put this message across dozens of platforms simultaneously and it was on the internet and then it wasn't. And so it was before I started doing my, uh, my flash drive liberator, but like, like that was the first thing I ever saw just disappear off the, the internet completely was this like little video that they did about their ability to take an idea and put it across dozens of television shows, platforms, movies, the whole thing, the whole entertainment gamut. Well, I, I've got a piece of evidence James has got there. Um, what they used to say about sickness, about measles, uh, and what they say now, and what they give us in TV, it starts with Brady Bunch, and it ends with Special Victims Unit, whatever. Uh, S-B-U-X-Y-Q-T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, James, please, if you will. Boy, this is the life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you have to get sick, sure can't beat the measles. That's right. No medicine. Inside or out. Like shots, I mean. Don't even mention shots. Yeah. Measles. 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 Well, all the kids have now had the measles. So have I. Well, I had them years ago. Looks like the Bradys are finished with the measles. <laughs> Hold it. You're not through yet. Alice, don't tell me you're coming down with the measles. Oh, I hope so. I'd hate to think I was just learning how to blush at my age. How do you feel? I'm fine. <coughs> Dad says I should go to school. Seven students confirmed with measles, four others possible. How? They had to have been vaccinated. These moms never vaccinated their kids and lied about it. Vaccines are harmful. You are endangering the health of every child in this city. Blue. No, it's turning blue. Call 911. Long SBU. <laughs> That's what they're Here. giving us. The old, the, the Brady Bunch, you're not going to find that. Now, there's only one view that they give us on TV regarding injecting our kids with poison. So I just wanted to have that as a little uh, piece of evidence that we could put on the record. Right. There's definitely a very, very stark uh, contrast between those two examples. And it just goes to show like how the messaging can really uh, be altered and how people absorb their and inform, formulate their opinions based off of what they're absorbing from the television screen of a, of a basic, you know, maybe primetime, whatever you'd say, television program, uh, you know, from from the past versus something more recent i mean it is it's it's in, it's incredibly disturbing the differences right. between you know them. i like to bring up recently in fact yesterday i just saw a video on youtube i think it popped up some guy did a clip with tucker carlson 
where he was being interviewed about his uh, regrets that when he started, when he was younger, starting how he was pushing all the agendas and doing as he was told. And then of the last few years, how he's questioning things and he regrets a lot of the stuff that he pushed. And it, it was showing, it showed a clip of him having this guy on that was supposed to be, um, I don't know, you guys might know the details about mm -hmm. some protests uh, against Trump or something. And this guy was a fake business or, or a fake company. And the guy's name was fake. And Tucker Carlson was kept calling him out on it. And the guy was kind of like, no, no, but like, yeah, you're right. You know, I just wanted to show how fake things can get on TV, on the news, and without any verification or, or anything can be pushed out into the into the public as it's true because, hey, it's on TV, so it must be true. So <laughs> even like the newscasters and stuff like that, that they just had people on there without any background checks, without anything, and just spewing stuff. So that was the, the you know, pretty interesting right now with what you're talking about how yeah you know the the message the fear just gets pushed out there doesn't matter where it comes from people see it and right away they react and they take it and it's interesting that someone like tucker carlson was you know recently doing a video talking about this kind of thing so you know i thought that was fascinating right we uh tucker carlson was in the news a couple of weeks ago maybe a week and a half ago about yeah. um you know he revealed some tapes that were given to him that showed uh the reality of what was happening and uh the government got mad <laughs> you know like the tv is meant to have their one message and um you know the other message was put out on in force and um the view <laughs> was saying that lying should be illegal I've got a clip of that too. If you guys wanted to play that, but we can we can continue to speak about. Uh, we didn't get to everybody. Somebody has a comment. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's you know about the the January sixth stuff, which like whatever. Um, bunch right, of that's not what we're talking about, right? Yeah, but like, um, but yeah, it's funny that the show is called The View. So it's like the name itself is giving away the intention of what they're trying to alter is like your perception, your view. These words can be associated with one another. You probably look it up in a thesaurus and it would be, you know what I mean? So it's right. it's funny to me that that's what the name of the show is, but like it's just another example of uh and they have the most extreme ideas it's like you know that if they tell people to start you know murdering that they'd be like okay you know we got that power like they they really have um and i think it started with barbara walters to like legitimize it or whatever and now they got this uh joy they are whatever and i mean it's it's really it, anyway it's total mind control and it does give you a view. Um, do you do you guys mind if we play that real quick? No, go ahead. Okay, we'll just play it real quick. It's it's short. I'm not gonna call them insurrectionists because they're gonna like talk about me and sue me. But we have people like Senator John Thune. Uh, out of South Dakota, it was an attack on the Capitol. You got Kevin Kramer saying to somehow put that in the same category as a permitted peaceful protest is just a lie. Mitt Romney, who has stayed consistent, I believe, called Carlson's broadcast dangerous and disgusting. Even Mitch McConnell, 
Mitch. Wow. You're talking about the newly released footage. From yeah. Okay. Mitch says it was well, a mistake in stuff, my yeah. view for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. Wow. Well, so I wanted to pause that real quick. Hold on. Let me let me. Um, so what she just quoted, Mitch McConnell saying saying that to me is a, is just a clear indication that there is still remnants of Operation Mockingbird being performed, like being put out there uh, today, where it's like top down, um, top top down uh, releasing of a narrative where it's you know again from the top down saying this is what we agree on, and we're going to pass that that narrative out. And everyone else is going to say that same thing, and that's how it, the, that's how the story is going to be formed, and that's how people are going to perceive this, and that's that. So a a, a, a shitbag like Mitch McConnell coming out and saying, "Well, that goes against what everyone agreed upon." It's like that's to me just clear evidence that there was a story that they wanted to tell, and whatever is going on, whoever you choose to believe. I believe my own eyes. I wasn't there that day. I don't know what the hell happened. I think, honestly, in my own opinion, I could talk about my own opinion of the thing. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to like, dis like you know, discover whether or not they're lying. You know, but well, let's let it roll because I think they uh, we can see for ourselves. It's uh, yeah, it's great. McConnell saying that you're you know really you're screwed. Yeah, so I'm yeah. really concerned about not so much Fox News and Tucker because we know he's a liar. The judge found that. But what about our elected? I have a, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. How come this is not thought of as being recruiting? How come they're not thinking about like this as radicalizing? radicalizing? Why is it? Why? Why is this not being scrutinized the way that they scrutinize other yeah. uh, well, things? It, because to me, this is this should be against the law. You should not be able yeah. to lay to lie to the American knowingly. And, you know, it's one thing if you made a mistake and you didn't know, but we heard for five or six years how, you know, the media was yeah. lying, sack of do. Fake news. They were fake news. Yeah. They were this. So how come? What is the, what is our, what do we do as Americans to, to say this is not okay? You'd I think have to say the First Amendment. Yeah. I think you, well, I, no. Well, but the I First think, Amendment doesn't allow doesn't you to willingly lie. That's yeah. their yeah. defense. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? I we'll think Tucker right Carlson this. is more destructive to American political discourse than Donald Trump, and I think he's more powerful. I think they're him. all destructive because they this, lie willingly. But this, just, I mean, this is a man who basically goes on his airwaves and says, you know, what would be so bad if Putin won or against Ukraine? Yeah, he says say insane that. things. He yes. pits Americans against each other knowingly, lying to them. And he's, even if it's not Trump, whoever the next Republican politician is, they're going to have to win the Tucker Carlson he's, he's primary. Just a, he's just an entertainer, though. He's not the, a newsman. The judge, the judge found that. But Whoopi, you, you just said something I don't think I've ever heard on no, television. No, about, about domestic terrorism. Yes. Because you had the FBI director, Chris Ray say the number one threat to our country, mm -hmm. to the survival of our democracy, is domestic terrorists. How do you recruit domestic terrorists? How do you do that? 
misinformation, yeah. yep. having these kinds of rallies, saying these yeah. things yes. in these substacks, yeah. and someone with Tucker Carlson, you would know better than I do, how many millions and millions of viewers? We get the three most, million yeah. on this show. That's a lot. He's the I'm most really watched man in cable news. He gets news. more than that. And, and that's why we should all be concerned. Just said the other thing is they because also he's broadcast grabbing Fox News a lot on military bases, in airports you see it a lot. So the, the proliferation of the lies is going out it's to places that it should not. I do want to infiltrated yes. all of the armed forces. But Brett Baer did push back on the airwaves of Fox, which I'm not going to call basic journalism like bravery or anything, but in an era when Fox News, when the executives have let people go and punish people for reporting mm -hmm. facts, Brett did take him on into some of the myths that Tucker yeah. Carlson. Yeah, but now, out. but now, now it is not just one voice in the wind. Right. Yeah, these are emails. This is the head of Fox saying this is what happened. Yeah, this is what went down. So mm -hmm. you knew you were going out there every night and lying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to me, that should be. An issue. Illegal. Knowingly, it I should, think, is the key Well, word. knowingly, yeah. they did. Well, that's the whole point. Right. As, as I was saying earlier, you can make a mistake and say something. It happens. Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, no, that wasn't right. But you knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You knew, yeah. you knew, you knew. And you know people are still listening to you and you're still lying. And I hope that the DOJ looks I, through a whole bunch of stuff I hope and Mary figures out listening. What, what to do about this. Because I know if this were happening here, on ABC or CBS or Element of P. Yeah, yeah. Disney would do it, though. We, right. we, we could do not it. do this. Well, we don't know oh, yet if Fox won't do Sorry. it because the advertisers might pull out. Well, we'll see. And they'll be stuck with the pillow guy over there. <laughs> right, Disney, they admit it on, on air. I mean, it's no secret. Disney owns ABC. You know, ABC hosts The View, so whatever. And it's like funny to me. Uh, per, like It's funny that, like... <laughs> They're talking about all that, um, you know, making it illegal to lie, and it seems like they do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and that you know that they, that they, oh, they've got it's just entertainment, and that like then they're trying to, I don't know, it's almost like they're trying to like build this bridge between entertainment and news, and that you shouldn't be getting your news or you shouldn't be getting your opinions from what's clearly entertainment, and that's what they are. Right. But they're also the, just kind of the overall narrative that government itself is legitimate. And so they continue to talk mm -hmm. about it as if it's legitimate and they'll do that on every single channel. And that's really the thing that unites these six, you know, media, you know, monopoly media companies on kind of the old media side is that government is legitimate. And then in all of their dramas, government is the hero, whether it's the FBI agent or the CIA agent saving the world or Right. You know, uh, the president of the United States flying fighter jets against invading aliens. The government is always the hero. And it's the, you know, it's the universal constant among these monopoly media companies. And even that ties when, back to that video not. in the beginning where the, you had showing clips of 24 and all these other shows no. where the masculine action, the right thing to do and everything, they show it, but it's always government. It's always the police. It's always the military. It's so that government's always right when they do the thing that's necessary. But anybody else, the individual, the militia, the people doing it, no, they're domestic terrorists. They're evil. You know, you, you got to squash that. You got to have a legitimate, you know, uh, stance, uh, you know, on the side of the law or the state side to, to do those kind of things. Anything else, you're an outlaw. Yeah, and I, I want to point out with Tucker Carlson, you know, Tucker Carlson is using statism. 
If you take right. a look at Cut, you know, Tucker Carlson's sets and his backdrops and everything, it's the cathedral of the Capitol that looks like the Vatican. It's the star spangled everything. It's, you know, he's, he's using this indoctrinated pseudo religious uh, religion on statism to kind of lead his, uh, you know, audience around by the nose, knowing that they've been brought up to think it's illegal. And the thing that he never talks about and the thing that none of them, you know, talk about is, is government legitimate to begin with? And like, that's the one thing that is really not allowed to be discussed on any of the quote unquote uh, networks or newspapers of record or news networks or, you know, um, uh, you name it. It's it's something that you never, ever see. And I think that's part of, uh, uh, you know, how they control Mente is by, uh, you know, hiding things that they don't want you to know about at the same time they're amplifying all of these people that are talking about government as if it's legitimate when it's not on its face, uh, you know, you know, can't delegate rights you don't have yourself, can't be bound by a social contract you didn't sign. Uh, you know, it's the one thing that you're not going to hear them talk about or question. Yeah. I just wanted to say real quick before we, before it escapes me, um, the idea of like how they, uh, how the good guys always, you know, even in superhero movies, like you got Spider-Man, you know, capitulating to law enforcement, always working with, you know, you have different various superheroes that otherwise wouldn't need the help of a government agency, turning toward a government agency and cooperating with said agencies. Yeah. And, and it just goes to show that like, you know, they're always on the side of the government. And, you know, every single, let me actually, let me pause real quick and just backpedal. <laughs> Nearly every single superhero film shows this pattern of complying with the, even the heroes that don't need the help. They still comply with the government. They still do what the government is telling them what they can and cannot do. Even, Thor. even Superman, <laughs> Thor. All these people that could just easily finger and just say, you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to act upon, you know, uh, objective morality. I'm going to exercise what, uh, you know, what is right. And they, and actually, one of the best showcases of this would be um, the third Captain America Marvel movie, where they are signing these uh sokovia accords and when they're arguing of whether or not they should sign on to this the only one to really make a decent argument would was um was captain america and he says that uh you know if we sign this they're going to be able to tell us where we can and cannot go what if we need to be someplace and they tell us we can't go there then this means that we that we'd have to follow the rules, and even Captain America, Captain America's like, I don't think so. I don't think that's a good idea. It's one of the few uh, examples of when you actually do see a superhero in one of these movies saying, "I don't think we should do what the government's telling us to do." It's a and and saying that we eh, we shouldn't be signing on to be under the thumb of of any uh, anyone. We should be able to make our own de our own decisions. Uh, when we know something's right, where we need to go and save the day, we need to be able to go there and not have anyone tell us we can't. And this is like a theme uh, in the movies. I just wanted to bring that up.
Sean, you're muted. Oh, sorry. Could I add something, Sean? Are you? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say it's a little more complicated uh, than that to me. And I mean, I guess you could label me a statist of a, of a sort, although I would, you know, we could have a philosophical discussion about whether you can ground, right, government legitimacy and rational arguments or something. But I'm not an anarchist. I used to be. I think what's going on, though, like, for example, in the Marvel movies, it, they're pushing globalism. They're pushing a particular model of rule. They don't call it government, but they call it governance, right? They get that term from from Foucault. And I mean, I believe it's it's the Anglo-American um, establishment that's behind the Skull and Bones people and Yale and all these yeah, connections. Cool. That go back. They're, and they're the ones that largely it's the have, opium dealers. The, part, yeah. of, yeah, part of Skull and Bones is the Russell Trust. And it's right. the, it's the fortune of the Russell family, which was an opium trading family. And so they're drug dealers. Right. Yeah. That's and, where you get all your power. I mean, that's where, where power comes from is drugs and gold and, you know, human trafficking. Sorry, but, Brett, go ahead. But so <laughs> it, it's these people's worldview that you're seeing. I mean, when you, you know, and, and you, you think Marxists, right? People on the left would appreciate this, right? That the, the culture is a reflection of the ruling classes, interests and in psychology. And, and that's why it's so psychopathic, by the way, because they're a bunch of psychopaths. Um, but you're, you're seeing their ideology and they play these games. They play these dialectal games. This is, this is my view of it. Um, well, I mean, they are playing dialectical games, but when it comes to the question of authority, I think they're actually trying to undermine certain kind. I mean, they, they do push anarchy in subtle ways, not not in the news media for sure. But they well, like the Joker the film, like the one or the one. And I know the... those are. I mean, or Fight Club, for example, which we've been analyzing, right. analyzed like ad nauseum. Right? They're pushing a sort, which was actually setting people up for World Economic Forum style Great Reset austerity and stuff by by playing pitting it against consumerism, pitting both sides against the middle. You see, these are the dialectical games. Mm. Um, you know that because they, that they they're play. because they're making a dissolve of of America dissolve and coagulate. It's all dissolve and coagulate. They're occultists, right. so this right. is their worldview, and they use the opposites to dissolve. So, and what are they doing in the media? They're dissolving the individual psyche on a mass scale at a low intensity level, as a you know, in a sort of isomorphic relationship to what they were doing in MK Ultra, where they just bombard you with sensory stuff and drugs and stuff and just de-pattern you, but they're doing it on a mass scale over a long period of time. They're right. graduates, they're Fabian socialists, right? right? Over a long period of time. So then they can reprogram you, coagulate on um, right. you. You know, and I don't you know Yuri Bezmanov, right? The, the yes. KGB defector. And those the, the what he was saying was the KGB's methods very similar. And the first one was demoralization as the first stage in the process. Demoralization and yeah. then destabilization normalization all these these what is it the four you go but i mean the 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 being bombarded with all the sex and the violence and the the, the attacks on the family and the suicide programming the omega programming this stuff and music that's all part of the deep world the trauma right they know that traumatizing people just subjecting them to mass trauma um will make them suggestible well, every every television, every television had the plane hitting the building, kaboom! You know, all day during like on September 11th, it was just like on every channel. All you could see is like zoom, bang, and then the buildings when they came down, they kept repeating it, repeating it, just endlessly. And go ahead, Etienne, please. No, I was just uh, I was just kind of throwing in that there's cultural debasement in there as well. Right. So it's a slave system. So you're running slaves. So you want the slaves not to have a good culture. You want it to be debased. Um, uh, the Fox logo is the base of the pyramid. And the base of the pyramid is it's the logo. It's if you take a look at the Fox 
news logo. It's the base of, or the Fox logo. It's the base of the pyramid, and uh, it's cultural debasement. It's making keeping people in the base of the pyramid away from consciousness, right. and so uh, um, it's cultural debasement. I want right. to add a couple of things there. Going back to the Marvel with Captain America wanting needing to be somewhere and being prohibited or you know not needing to go somewhere and being told to go somewhere you don't you're not supposed to be right one thing i always stood out to me about that situation with the marvel movies is the blame they use blame as a way of you know another form of obfuscation because they were focusing on the effect instead of the cause so they were saying the avengers or any heroes they're causing too much destruction. They, you know, accidentally, um, what's her name? Wanda, she, you know, blew up part of that building, killing people. Oh my God. Um, you know, all these things that happened, they were like, oh, look, you guys are too destructive, too destructive. So they were focusing on the effect that they were there fighting the bad guys. Never did they blame, well, we would not have been there had the bad guys not initiated, commenced the violence and our use of defensive force against them is being vilified. See, so there's an obfuscation that they're pushing to society. See, don't fight because you're going to create more damage. It's like, well, wait a minute. We're not at fault. The ones at fault are the ones causing, you know, all the all the issues. So this is something that behind the scenes, I think subconsciously or subliminally, they kind of pushed out there. And that's what Captain America was arguing. Like, wait a minute. You know, he didn't verbally say it's their fault. You know, the bad guy, if the bad guys didn't do what the bad guys do, we wouldn't have to be there and everything would be cool. But you're blaming us. You're putting us in check for using defensive force against these violent, you know, criminals. So I think that's something important that, you know, needs to be put out there, too. That's a tool that's being used. Right. Again, he says he says something about, you know, what if we are what if we need to be someplace and they tell us we can't go or what if they tell us some to go someplace we know we shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's a it's a it, in my opinion, it's, it's a, at least a question, you know, not just like, a let's sign this thing. You know? so the answer, the answer is always we need an unaccountable transnational hidden hand globalist elite. To rule everything. It doesn't matter what the question is. I mean, that's the UFO movies too. Oh, the aliens are coming to destroy us. We need globalism. The aliens are friendly. They want to help us. Globalism. It's always the same message, right? It doesn't matter. It's all they use a lot of dialectics to make you think it's something different. It's always the same message. I can definitely see that, Brett, for sure. Yeah, for and it's been very heavy, heavy, heavy the last like couple of decades. And maybe that's only, you know, me having really been tuned into watching some some movies for the last couple decades, but uh, even, you know, I mean, yeah, it's probably even longer than that. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah, it's not like I only watch movies from the last couple of decades. Like even back in the eighties, you know, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, for instance. Uh, even ET. Like all these questions get raised. Like, we call the UN. You know, like all like you know what I mean. So I definitely see what you're talking about there, Brett, for sure. Especially Independence Day, for instance. He's you know the uh, what's his name um, uh, is the president, and he's given that speech. You know the the real heartwarming speech, and he's like talking to everybody. He's like, "Now it's our Independence Day. You know, let's not go quietly into that night or whatever the hell he's saying." It's like, yeah, yeah cool, man. It's no longer an American holiday. It's a hu- humanity, a mankind. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. That dad guy from Casper really knows how to talk to people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, I, yeah. 
I watched the riff tracks of Predator the other day, and like I noticed that when somebody dies, they had like taps going, and it sounded real, and like I got all like weepy, and and I was like, wow, they and they it had like trumpets, like, and that's part of the programming of the military, and it makes the people relive like Vietnam or whatever, and like so they're re re traumatizing them, you know, with the movie. Because they were, you know, in the jungle when they were kids, and then now they go to this movie because Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it or something, and it's like uh, it uses that trauma, and like you know, the news after nine eleven, they were like, you know, they showed people jumping out of buildings, and they were like, they had newscasters selling like, um, you know, you could have a parachute for you know for high rise if you work on high rise, like they were really like stretched out the fear and like orange and yellow and red or whatever um people got really whooped up you know and it's same thing with this you know the the latest psyop of the you know where they everybody went and got jabbed up um they they used like the television was like a sixth sense of the people you know and they used tv like it was a window to the world and they got you know, and like here in Ohio, they had the governor every day would be talking to people and like, oh, good people. I heard saw you wore your masks today. You know, like there were children, you know, and, um, you know, we it talked forced people inside, which made people watch the television more. Exactly. They literally drove people to their own propaganda by forbidding them from doing anything else. Right. You know, you brought up the word propaganda just there and earlier talking about The View. When The View, you know, you played that clip, I was thinking about Obama while Obama was in office. Wasn't part of the, what is it, NDA, whatever thing in there that they, they rescinded, they pulled back that law or something, whatever, that, that, that the U.S. government couldn't use propaganda against its public, but now that that was taken out, and hence that's why they do what they do now because it's legal, and they're talking about it should be illegal to whatever. Again, all the hypocrisy and all the obfuscation that they're mocking one per, one group, one channel, one network for doing something when they're doing the same thing, you know. And it's you know it, it's law, you know, because their president said, "Oh, you can do this now against the people," you know, but don't tell them about it. That's treasonous, and. Um... The you know going back to the anti-guns message when they redid ET they digitally removed the guns from the people's hands and gave them walkie-talkies. Yep. Yeah. Like that's so they're changing history like for the new generation to have, you know, and they put like aerosols in the in the clouds like they you know the chemtrails normalizing that. But exactly. it's funny because sometimes they get caught called out on it. And if right now they just released last year that what is like a 40th anniversary or something of ET, I saw that in IMAX and the new 4K disc, and they removed that digital thing and they have the guns again. So it's like oh. it's interesting, like with Star Wars, all these changes that they put in the films and stuff. Sometimes they stay and sometimes they they pull back or sometimes they add more on there. Just uh -huh. like with uh, Disney showing Splash. Too much butt cheeks of Daryl Hannah, so they digitally stretch the hair down to cover the butt, you know. So little things like that. It's like really, you know, but yeah, you're right with ET that there was a time. There's some versions out there that you'll see that they're holding walkie-talkies. It's like, okay, how's that yeah. logical? You're gonna stop them? Stop, you know. <laughs> yeah, did the same thing with uh, they they did the same thing with Star Wars. 
um, episode four before, you know, and when it was just Star Wars, Han Solo was the only one that shot. He shot, he shot Greedo. Greedo never shot. Yeah. And it was just a cold blooded, you know, I'm, I'm scum, uh, you know, smuggler type dude played by Harrison Ford, just bang. And he's supposed to be this, this character arc of like this, like scummy guy, this nerf herder evolving into a, a hero. And it don't forget then, scruffy looking. Yeah. Scruffy looking, <laughs> you know, and, uh, he is supposed to, it, it shows that he's just like, you know, the first one to the trigger when it's like, no, he Greedo never, never shot. You know, so that, I just wanted to throw that in there as well. That also shows how Hollywood listens to its quote unquote fan base. It listens to the slaves at times. It's like, well, wait a minute. Some of the slaves are creating too much of a ruckus. The Star Wars fan base was like, hey, how come, how come, how come? So they go into the studios, special effects. Okay, let's put this in there. Pshoom, and then that creates more divide and conquer. You got some Star Wars people like, no, in the original, he never shot. Oh, look, now it's been, you know, upgraded. So now, you know, uh, what, what they go, what's that term when they go back and change Mandela effect not mandela effect but it's um retroactive retroactive or some shit but now it's like well see even though it wasn't filmed that way the technology at the time they didn't but now this is his true vision so they see he shot first so to justify so now you got a camp that defends that and more divide and conquer tools it's not retroactive there's probably a different phrase for that i forgot yeah yeah people got mad over uh over blade runner too there was a director's cut and her theatrical uh, cut and the final cut the international cut Yeah. Anyway, I, while we still have Etienne here, I wanted to ask him and bring up the the um, the the method of anchoring. And I know that you've gone into this in your book. And I was hoping you could share your knowledge of anchoring with the audience tonight. Sure. So anchoring is a kind of a advertising technique that's being utilized by the propagandists, where they'll build the audience to a moment of high positive emotion, and then they'll show people the flag is one example of anchoring. There could be, you know, many other uh, others, but, you know, building the audience to this high moment of positive emotion, and then you just repeatedly show them the flag, and eventually people associate in their mind when they see the flag, you know, uh, fluffy warmness without understanding why they feel the fluffy warmness. And so it's an unethically manipulative technique. And so, uh, so in, in the book, the example that we use is Matt Damon getting off of Mars in the movie, The Martian. And the whole movie is a buildup to him getting off of Mars. And then finally, when the big moment comes, there's, you know, is he going to make it? He's not going to make it. Something went wrong. And no, he is going to make it. And it's like, boom. And then they you know, cut to earth and everybody's back waving American flags and boom, they cut to mission control and there's giant American flags on the backdrop. And so they've, you know, they've taken that moment of high positive emotion and they've anchored it to the flag. And then people grow up feeling this devotion and this, uh, you know, duty and honor and associating with, with the flag with things that they shouldn't otherwise be associated with, if not for this unethically manipulative technique. Uh, some other examples are the NBA, the National Basketball Association, has the American flag on the uh, backboard so that you psychologically associate the flag with the exhilaration of the goal. Uh, the NFL has it on their helmets. The players are, are, uh, uh, are forbidden to remove the flags. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a lot of this, the stadium events, 
Um, the government's been paying for the stadium events. And so with the stadium event, you've got the whole crowd in this, you know, uh, heightened sense of, you know, um, uh, emotion for the, you know, being outside, being in a stadium, being in the energy of tens of thousands of people. And then you show them the flag and they've been paying for that. They, that at one year, at one time that cost them 53 million a year to the NFL, the NBA, the national hockey league to do these stadium flag worship ceremonies, uh, flyovers and, and other things like that, where they, you know, get people in a heightened state of, of, you know, uh, you know, um, emotion. And then they link the military, they link the air force to it. They link the flag to it. They link the, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's just an example of how the government runs game on the population and the fact that they have to pay 53 million a year is one of the ways that you know it's artificial you know if it wasn't artificial they wouldn't have to pay 53 million a year if it was spontaneous and natural and organic but it's not it's it's uh it's paid for mind control uh, a form of you know soft mind control uh and you know uh, and so just uh just another one of the little tricks you know, I want to bring up real quick. Well, it's fresh in my head listening to you. I was again, this is how it's always been with my podcast, listening to what the other person's saying, and then I visualize things, things come to mind. And you just put in perspective what the purpose of sports are, what the purpose of films are in theaters, because the sport can be happening on its own and really there's no emotion, there's no energy there. The guys running back and forth, the guys hitting the ball, the guys catching. The sport Nothing. is also the sport is also the uh, the artificial tribe. So it's getting you into a tribe identity where you're wasting your anger and your focus and your attention and your time instead of on your real tribe. You're wasting it on this artificial tribe, and you're getting hyped up about this artificial tribe. Yeah, if you are the dividing conquer. That's another, you know, one of the little techniques and tricks that they like to run game on. What I was going to go, where I was going with that, though, is that all that happens on a field or in a stadium, mm -hmm. but without the people, without the people, the energy of the people cheering or yelling, whatever, that energy doesn't exist without the people. And there's the yeah. hijacking of it. The people are the energy, not the sport. The movie, the movie theater, it can be empty. The film plays. It's just lights and sound flickering. Nothing is happening. It's just blank. The air is nothing. When people are there, they'll laugh, they'll cheer, yeah. they'll cry. So it's the people that bring the energy. And that energy and that power and that strength is what people have been, you know, they don't realize they're the ones that animate and give life to everything that's happening. No. So uh, right there, that, that right there just triggered that realization to me that all this stuff, it's neutral. It's blank. It's, it has no energy just happening there, but the response is the people that give that energy. So we're the ones with the power basically is what I'm saying. And and you feel it. I know, remember going to a baseball game to a stadium down here, Arizona Diamondbacks, Chase Field or Banquin Ballpark and seeing the people, that energy, you feel it. It's not the green grass. It's not the player. It's the people. And that's mm -hmm. something that, that I think everyone's forgotten or doesn't realize that the people are the ones with the power. They're the ones with the energy, not all this other stuff that's being obfuscated. Mm -hmm. But they know how to harness that. So they're, they know how yeah, you to go. Yeah. That, that those, those natural human emotions, endorphins, how to get you to, to anchor 
that to the government, to the flag. They do the little, you know, the religious revival of the political rally. You mm-hmm. know, that is, uh, you know, like whether it be the inauguration or whether it be, you know, a campaign, you know, one of these Trump campaign events. Uh, you know, these are religious, revi- you know, religious revivals for the faithful. And they're using all the little tools and techniques of the religious revival. They're just using it with the iconography of the flag and the government, which has been, you know, indoctrinated into everybody through the mandatory government school to where you accept it and, 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 and associate with it in a way that you wouldn't have if not for the mandatory government school. And now th- that right. brings up another realization with that uh, Nazi or, you know, Germany, that picture that's shown with everybody doing the sign and that yeah. one guy with his arms crossed. Yeah. That's me at the movie theater. Everybody's in there like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm there just watching, realizing the detachment. That's just a film <laughs> and observing everyone. I'm there with my arms crossed and everybody else is all into it. And that's the, that's part of the problem is we need more people to realize that detachment. Like, no, I'm not part of that. That's just a tool trying to get a reaction or for me to give my energy. I'm just witnessing it i'm just observing it for what it is see and that's that's where we need to be the numbers need to be and people detach it from that and using the energy for this taking it back to the beginning of the show things moving around see this is why the attention isn't here not too many viewers of these podcasts because the energy isn't here everybody wants to watch the touchdowns the shows the shootings well, the explosions and all that shit in public school kids had to anchor to to the flag every day that mm-hmm. was my control they had to do the the Sieg Heil to the flag and you know then they had to put their hand on their heart after a while and it's uh you know these are all tricks and so you know once you understand how the magician does the trick then you don't get fooled by the trick right and so I mean I mean that's really what I'm trying to do with my book government the biggest scam in history exposed to show people the playbook so that they understand oh look they're doing the exact same thing but the Nazis were doing, the Soviets were doing, the East Germans were doing. It's a playbook. Why is the U.S. running the exact same playbook as the Nazis, the Soviets, and the East Germans? Because it works and that there's a technology around how do you slave up a population? How do you get them to accept a ruling class that has rights that they don't and that gets to live off the money stolen from others at the point of a gun, you know, and kind of make work, make pretend, pretend jobs. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, 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 it's finally, you know, kind of getting out there is why they're having to censor so, you know, tightly that, Hey, maybe the government's not legitimate at all. And whether or not you're, you know, a voluntarist and believe that the world's a self-organizing system that produces spontaneous order, you don't really need government or you think you do need a government, well, it doesn't matter because almost something that everybody's united in is that the government that we have is has been hijacked by organized crime. It is being, you know, run for the few at the expense of the many. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're using government to slide money out the back door and hand it to military industrial complex companies or hand it to private banks and and financial institutions in the form of bailouts or stimulus or, you know, whatever else it is. And we're, you know, we're, we're talking about the Pentagon, you know, missing trillions of dollars. We're talking about Amtrak losing a billion on food and beverage alone in less than a decade. It's, you know, this is, we're, this is wholesale theft. We're getting robbed. Right. 
and now the new programming they take uh they take the the son of the the immoral hero of star wars uh they take him and make him a fat hitler guy a uh, guy that worships hitler in this movie white noise where um he's just a dope like he just follows the orders of the of the the radio tells him where to go and what to do and he doesn't even listen to his own kids who have actual critical thinking and uh it's like a homer simpson type situation where uh it's an attack on the family again and you know he ends up uh trying to murder somebody and his wife catches him doing it and he says how'd you know i was gonna be here and she says because all men are killers you know and throughout the whole movie it it gives the acceptance of death to be a good idea it's like it's 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 really insidious and um i think it's meant to destroy our like just destroy us so much that we accept the the coming um holocaust of of what's what they're doing to us you know um everybody that has taken that that poison it's it's affecting them you know in different ways i think it's a it's you know it was a uh, experiment where some places had this batch other places had another um so we're just we have to see it play out you know because everybody took it everybody it's like especially the people around here they got just got poisoned in ohio you know and they cheer for trump because he brings water and like you know <laughs> they think they're going to be saved man it's trump well, water it's not all trump water but the, <laughs> what yeah, is he goes, some it's, lower quality water whatever it's yeah. not the finest water it's trump water <laughs> yeah i mean it's like they're not gonna, they're they're just putting their face on the patch of the you know they don't care like they're not really doing anything to help people like i was in a flood in 2010 and they came and gave money to the people that survived it and like they tried to help them and whatever yeah. and now it's just like get out of here kid you bother me <laughs> well, it's really go not ahead. now kid your mother's yeah, that, please brett yeah. yeah that that movie the white noise brings into focus how nationalism and traditionalism and some of the things are actually just just part of the um the, the dialectic and i mean if you if you want some background on this you know carol quigley's you know tragedy and hope that the banker class and stuff have been yeah they built up the nazis and then of course they play hitler to you back to you as the evils of nationalism and we've got to melt down nationalism and now this is part and parcel of what the, the attack on the father and the attacks on the family are about and like i can bring that back i'm sorry Oh, sorry. Here's oh, go ahead, Brett. Cool. Like the you, you, we brought up like the Simpsons and Married with Children. I've I've noticed, which is kind of uh, significant to me because um, a clip I wish we could play, we, we probably don't have time, is by Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, the uh, son of a chemical warfare specialist who was part of this whole Laurel Canyon scene that Dave McGowan has, has written about, which programmed the, a lot of the counterculture. Um, and he does this interview with New Zealand Television. There, it was never televised it's available on the internet but in the in the early 90s where he describes how the the making the father into a dope and all of this that that is culminating in his his day at that time in the early 90s right before he died with uh bundy al bundy on married with children and homer simpson right the dopey the dopey father figure 
And it, it said, like, for him, you know, the family's already dead. Of course, that's just an exaggeration. But basically, you know, we programmed its death. He's saying, but he's, and so what MTV is selling people, he's saying, is what he calls the squad, right? Because you melt down, and this is my gloss on it, you melt down the family structure, the father, the centralized, right, hierarchical structure, right? you melt them all down. Then you have the squad, more like the gangs will naturally coalesce, tribes, right, if you will. And those are easier to control, just like the mafia can control lower level gangs and higher gangs control, they're easier to control you know, than, than the family structure. And I think that's part of what's, um, what's going on here, why the, the, the move toward globalism and technocracy and stuff, had, you had to go after that figure of the father because that is the, well, if, there's, if there's an obsession with, with media from the 60s on, it's the attack of a certain kind of, it's the attack on a certain kind of authority, the attack on the father figure. And it's a, it's a schizophrenic attack where the father's evil oppressor and tyrant Hitler, and then the father's also weak and stupid and effectual. Now, in white noise, it's interesting because they go with the stupid, dopey. So it's like this is a real bully. And they're telling you on the one hand, like the male is evil; it's all toxic masculinity, and you're bad, and you're awful. And look at you; you're so stupid and weak. And look how you're dying, and we're killing you, and we're stomping on you. Ah, these are psychopathic, satanic maniacs. Yeah, who are pushing the, in that movie? By the way, it's just people shouldn't really watch it. It's just so sick. It's really um, predictably programming what just happened near you. Of course, it's, yes. It's, um, cause all the world's a stage, right? That's their, that's their motto, right? That's why all you right. can't tell the difference between fiction and non, I mean, look at that show, that view thing, like that is dystopian television. Like we're living in a dystopian nightmare. Yeah. You're watching something like that. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's for sure. And people watch that every day. It's really, yeah. imagine the consciousness, you know, like Alan Watts said in the beginning, like if they respond with a TV, like type response, then they're hope it's hopeless. You can't even talk to them anymore because it gets even worse. I was a uh, I was in a barber shop getting a haircut uh, about a year ago, and I didn't even realize this was going on. And you know, because I'm, I'm never watching the television during the day, but you know, I was in there at like I want to say you know eight nine somewhere you know early, and the crew, the two ladies that do I forget if it's Good Morning America or whatever the show is. They're drinking wine <laughs> at eight o'clock in the morning. Brought to you by the wine industry. I, it was un, it was absolutely unbelievable. They were literally promoting the drinking of wine at breakfast. It, I, 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 shocked, amazement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get yeah, yeah. That's uh, sad days. Yeah, I I know I know what you're talking about. Unfortunately, I've I've uh, <laughs> I've heard of this this show i don't know what it's called but it does exist i it's very disturbing and all that stuff has glyphosate in it you know what i mean i mean it's it's like the the act of what they're doing is you can definitely you know draw the line and connect the dots there of like how they're trying to make it acceptable to be you know getting drunk at 8:30 a.m. and you know alcohol there's a reason why alcohol is the is the one that's you know legal and and uh and able to to be you know you're able to get it very very easily it's it makes you fucking stupid it's a sledgehammer the consciousness right and if you can get somebody if you can get somebody really hooked on something like alcohol then you got them you got them and that's that you know and alcohol along with uh benzodiazepine are the only two uh substances that will kill you during withdrawal 
um, uh, or withdrawal. But how do you say it? I don't care. It's, it's just the fact is, is that there's only two that'll kill you. And uh, alcohol is one of them. And of course, they're going to popularize that one because it, again, makes you fucking dumb. And they popularized benzos with that little Zan kid. He named himself Xanax, you know. Uh, yeah. Like they, they popularize all kinds of medication. But, but, there's, but there's also tremendous evidence that the intelligence agencies pushed acid and other psychedelics on, on the public. And it's certainly out in the open now where they're actively cooperating with MAPS and other organizations. And these studies were, I mean, they also use things like MDMA because where they want to get soldiers back out on the battlefield as fast as possible when they've traumatized them and you know, how much trauma can we, um, but no, these deals with the devil between the psychedelic community and then the psychiatric community, which is just a bunch of, a lot of them are a bunch of Nazis. Qualified. I mean, um, I just I just finished the book "Drugs as Weapons Against Us." Oh, great! Terms and and catalogs all of that about the intelligence agencies' use of everything from LSD to uh, you know other uh, st stimulants and um, uh, psychedelics to blunt the effectiveness of the peace movement in the 1960s by getting cultural leaders in the television and the arts to use mm. drugs, support them, popularize that, get it into popular culture so that people thought their heroes were using drugs. They were engineering people's heroes to use drugs. Right. Uh, they were getting it woven into the counterculture and into, you know, uh, the news on a regular basis. And, and just they created the culture of drug use as a way of, uh, blunting the effectiveness of the peace movement in the 1960s. Right. And they they did it again in the 90s with the heroin of the, of the Seattle scene. Um, what's her name? Courtney Love is yeah. working yeah, she's in the book too. And she brought heroin. She's the one who gave Kurt Cobain heroin. Whose, whose father was the original manager of the of the Grateful Dead, yep. and I mean the yeah the right you know, the Grateful Dead that Stanley Owsley right who is the guy that spread all the acid who is out of military intelligence right. and I mean the Grateful Dead is a giant is a psyop right and even in one of their lyrics to their songs they say I'm Uncle Sam or something they're joking with yeah. you um, but it's if you're if your audience you guys audiences know they should really know about that Dave McGowan book Weird Scenes Inside uh, the Canyon which exposes what seems obviously to be an organized psychological warfare operation operating at Laurel Canyon, which creates the hippie movement. So the mamas and the papas and the birds and the doors, and all these people, I mean, you know, like, like Jim Morrison's father was the admiral in charge of the whole fleet in the Bay of Tonkin, the beginning of the Vietnam War and Zappa, they're all a bunch of intelligence kids. Right. Um, that started the hippie scene. It didn't start really in San Francisco. It started in Laurel Canyon. They exported it. And the mafia ran all the clubs and they all moved in at the same time. And everybody shows up within like six months of each other. And it's just, and all the weird deaths. And, and Laurel Canyon was right outside of the Armed Forces uh, film studio, which was, right. at the time was the biggest film studio in the world. And that's really where they began the process of making the military look good and making the military the hero and making the military... Uh, you know, uh, appear to be, uh, you know, um, uh, out for your good and everything like that. So that cultural creation, they were doing that on the, on a large scale to the tune of where they had the largest film studio in the world in the 40s and the 50s. 
I want to bring up here, going back to Courtney Love and her connection to the Presidio. If you look at the Presidio wow. film from the 80s with Sean Connery and Mark Harmon, there's a scene where they go to the Presidio and in that office, the secretary has a bunch of posters of the Grateful Dead all around. So again, little wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff going on here with that. That yeah. fascinating. Again, well, you know, coincidences. And you know, Presidio, right, was where Michael Aquino was based, where they had exactly. the gay care scandal, yep. all of the SRA. I mean, I guess we can say anything on here, right? The satanic rich yeah. abuse scandal. And, and yes, that was a site of psychological. Yeah, so I believe speculatively that that's where the Zodiac operation was launched out of. That's where a lot of the counterculture was being run out of. I mean, that is a that place was a nexus of psychological warfare operations, and that's what the Grateful Dead were. Right, Grateful Dead was from there. The Church of Satan is there. Uh, the Presidio, you know, the the SRA with the um, and the Burning Man people came from there, and the you know the digital you know dot com whole world is there. Um, that's another level of mind control psyop. Uh, you know, the internet is a controlled space for our consciousness as well. It's interactive. Military network. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, Burning Man is held on military land. Uh, they're all on like military chemicals, research chemicals and whatever is spread around in the crowd. Um, like these, uh, these are all military operations right uh uh they're all the children dave mcgowan finds that all the children of the military people not just jim morrison like many of the stars have you know military dads just like zappa had military father worked in the chemical chemical bombs um like they're all part of the same family and it's all controlled by the military you know um the and I want to say that in the 60s, they created FM radio so that they could get them on different frequencies on each ear. So that's another part of the mind control of MK Ultra with the binaural. Uh, it makes people dissociative to have different beats in different ears, and uh, that creates a more pliant, uh, accepting willful slave uh so that fm technology was invented by the military and put out there for the purpose of the 60s rock music the rock music was created to put on that wavelength and to have it was created for that so i yeah. just wanted to add that i just want to make sure that this seems like a good point just to make sure that we include a like a, a little free promotion for mark devlin his work, uh, the musical truth series, the books that Mark Devlin has written, right. extremely important. Um, uh, you know, uh, I guess you would say just, you know, books to, to, to get and to, uh, have that, that explore and, and, um, and they compound upon Dave McGowan's ideas. Yeah. Explore and expose how the, uh, how the music industry and, and, and entertainment industry at large are, are co-opted and uh and infiltrated by the military and geez it's everywhere you look i mean and it doesn't just stop after the 60s with people like jim morrison and the doors it goes further and further even up to the present day with people even like dave grohl 
who everyone fucking loves this bastard. And his dad is a military, uh, is was military. And, you know, I mean, he comes out of nowhere and joins Nirvana. Nirvana had a drummer before Dave Grohl. That guy didn't work out, and Dave shows up out of nowhere, and he's now their drummer. And he's, he's the guy that works out. He's the guy that gets famous. And after the band, you know, they can't perform anymore because Kurt's dead. And, you know, the, the bassist, he goes off and... What does he do? He like he joins the military, and you know I, I I believe he joined the military. I think he was with like Greenpeace for a minute, and then uh, you know so on and so forth. But Dave Grohl is the one that gets wicked famous, you know. Yeah, yeah. well, I think that uh, both him and Courtney Love uh, benefited from the sacrifice of Kurt Cobain was was killed on purpose. Uh, it was it was part of a it's a ritual sacrifice. That's how they gain power. Yeah. Um, And then they, you know, Dave Grohl just killed his other drummer. Like, you know, right right after they did a satanic movie about a sacrifice of exactly. Six, six, six. Was it (laughs) just a coincidence to name? Yeah. And like, and uh, that movie was released on the same day that the dude died or whatever. And uh, you know, it's like, it seals it in. It's like when reality and the movie and the music like is all the same, it clicks for people like this is reality, you know, and like that, uh, that white noise is meant to be seen after the event. You know, I believe that like the opening scene is about crashes and how people should be happy for them. And like, and it talks about how like how exciting it could be in theory to to kill somebody and like oh maybe we should just walk to the sliding doors of death you know and, and these these messages are like uh it's it's put into the person after this crash happens and like the reality had to be they had to make the cops light this stuff on fire to make that huge plume to match the movie. I think that they made reality match the movie on purpose to seal in this psyop for people. Right. To, to make right. it more acceptable for their consciousness. Right. Sean, like how we were talking the other day on the phone, I, I was saying it's like there's two lines and the lines are kind of slowly moving toward each other. And one line is like reality and the, and the, ma- and the magic in which they, you know, they alter reality with. And then the other line is like, you know, I mean, we know, they call it, you know, magic and stuff the, the, on, the, on the television screen and the movies and stuff. And they're t- slowly starting to intersect with one another. Eventually, there's gonna, they're, they're going to reach a point where they do. And I think that we're, that's where we're at right now in a manner of speaking, where they're so, where reality and the screens are so similar. And it's revelation of the craft all day long because yeah. this is how people, this is, people got to understand that we're dealing with, dark occult magicians who want and seek to control all of reality. So how are they going to do that? They're going to do that through the control and alteration of your perception of the reality itself. So take that into consideration when we're talking about this and realize that in order for them to get control of reality and attain and maintain that control, they're going to need your consent because they can't get away with it based on the laws of nature without your consent. 
you have to comply and consent to it. So they're, that's what they're after. And, and through all of that, they have to tell you the truth. They have to release that karma. They're, they're charging up this, this negative karma and they have to release that karmic debt somehow. And in order to do that, they have to reveal all of this stuff to you plain as day, but it's like, as if they're speaking a different language that no one understands, but no one can say they didn't tell you. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's what we're dealing with here in, 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 in essence, like, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm going with that idea. There's actually a clip in this movie that I was just talking about where the kid is talking to his mom or her mom. And the mom is like, I'm either going to chew this gum that gives rats tumors or I'm going to smoke. And the kid's like, you could do neither. And then the, the other kid says, uh, this, you know, I used to think the gum was good, but now there's a warning on the pack that says that it gives big tumors to rats. And so I'm telling you now, and I'm surprised you didn't see, like, that's the language. It's the fine print. They tell you what sure. you're eating. Like, everything has ingredient list. And, like, if you know, then you wouldn't eat that sh stuff. Right. Um, and then she goes on later on in the movie to explain that uh, uh, even further on that when she says, I chew the gum so I don't smoke. I smoke so I don't gain weight. <laughs> and then she's like, and then I exercise, or I'd have to exercise. So it's either I exercise or I smoke, and I can't smoke, so I chew gum. And it's like the thing that she's trying to avoid is taking action. Right. So that's what Everybody's we. Everybody's weak and useless. Yeah. Right. And that's the big message here. And in, in these movies and everything, when we were talking about main characters and pairings and stuff like that, when you see, you know, a mom and a dad. Um, most the, more than not, that's a representative, in my opinion, of the of the sacred masculine and sacred feminine pillars of enlightenment. There, where action on on all accounts, where it's like true care would be the sacred feminine, and and like action and defense uh, would be the sacred masculine. Right. So care is like nonviolence, and then action is self defense. And we see these. Uh, relationships to show that that are supposed to symbolize harmony between the two, which is like striking balance in, in your own personal, uh, in your own person, right? So, anyways, I'll digress from that point. But this is what we're this is what I took away from that scene is that we're we're seeing the sacred feminine character in the movie refusing to take action, right? And they want an easy. Uh, gimme, gimme fast food drive through version of what they are seeking instead of doing the exercise, he wants to smoke or do the chewing the gum and whatever. Okay. Sure, the movie is set in the 1980s, 84. <laughs> sure, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, even back then, the, the idea of smoking cigarettes, I mean, it does, it does cause you to not gain weight. So, I mean, it is, there is something to be said yeah. with nicotine being a stimulant and it's going to charge your metabolism. That's the idea. Anyways. The cigarette's name in the, in the picture is Goebbels. <laughs> That's the name of the brand of cigarettes that was advertised in the movie. Right. Just a coincidence, man. Let yeah. me make a point here. I want to bring up, again, synchronicity is very beautiful. <laughs> Recently, I saw a film... Chuck Norris, 1977-78, Good Guys Wear Black. You guys recall that film. Good Guys Wear Black is a Chuck Norris film from the late 70s where he's part of the CIA. 
they're the good guys. And there's a secret upper uh, group in 1973 during Vietnam that wears black, but they work for the CIA to do operations over there in Vietnam. They get set up. Something bad happens. Jumps five years to you know later into 77, 78, and things are happening where this politician is moving up, and he was the one that orchestrated this thing back in 1973. But yet, the you know to cut through the story real quick. It deals with politicians, CIA, and how they use operatives or, you know, people, agents and, you know, military and all this stuff. Bad things are happening. The people that did the job are starting to get taken out because they know something that happened and this politician is moving up. So to make a long story short here, what James was talking about with the woman resisting to take action in this film is a key point at the end of this movie where Chuck Norris's character confronts this senator, all right, and the senator is having these people killed off, and he says, because it's expedient, just kill them off and move on. So Chuck Norris, being the good guy, macho, masculine dude here that uses defensive use of force, he takes the, the senator and freaking drives him off a freaking bridge and kills him because it's expedient. No taking them to court, no finding things and, you know, uh, you know, all this pressing, you know, charges and going to jail. And no, this is how they work against us. Expedient. They kill us. They inject us. They poison the food. They poison the water. They poison all that. But yet again, in this whole community, it's about we don't want to use violence. We don't want to be like, but yet here's this film again. Like you guys were saying, they put things in film, the karmic things. They hint at it. They're saying, look, we're the bad guys and we're telling you how to get and us bad guys expediently. Here's Chuck Norris, this character right here, works for the CIA, but when he's being done wrong, he uses their things against them. Expedient, just wipe the motherfucker out. How long since this COVID thing started was I saying, you know, freaking Bill Gates, Fauci, all these motherfuckers need to be hanging from light posts, but everybody's oh. like, well, no, we don't do this. Well, we keep getting what we deserve. And, you know, hey, <laughs> I have to say it. There it is again in a movie. Chuck Norris is like, but that's a movie. That's a Well, wait, aren't we talking about reality? you know, reflecting art and art re reflecting reality, they're telling us the things that need to be done, but we again err on the side of wanting to be the good guys and do things cautiously and, you know, elevate our consciousness and all this stuff, and here we are, people suddenly dying and everything out of the vaccine, and people just like, la, 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 when all these people should be hanging from light posts, learn the lesson, like, look, don't fuck with humanity. Again, what did I say earlier about the stadium? It's not the sports and all this that creates the, it's the people. But the people have been misled to believe all the nonsense and inaction and meditate and kumbaya and, you know, transgender identify as passive. We're getting what we deserve. We're supposed to be taking out these motherfuckers. And how many movies keep pointing to this fact? The Star Wars, the people stand up, Hunger Games, people stand up, all this stuff about taking your enemy out. But yet here we are doing podcasts and all this stuff because we need to get to the people. But the action, how long until the action is actually there? You know, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I'd just like to say something about Chuck Norris real quick, Sean. Sorry. Yeah, uh, um, when Chuck Norris, uh, so people might not know this, but when Chuck Norris does a push-up, he's not really pushing himself up. He's pushing the earth down. Right. So I just want to make sure that we have that on the record for the <laughs> evening. 
Um, but about your about what you said, Ivan, when you were when you were leaving that off, is about you know they, they show you on the screen rebellion and and how people become free and everything. They're passively manipulating people into standing down, so they they get what they subconsciously desire on the screen, and they don't go through real life to go and get what they what they desire. They're getting fed that, and they're satisfied. They're satiated with with the what's going on on the screen instead of actually performing what's necessary in real life. It, it lets right. off the steam. It's a let off a little bit of steam. Right. Like, yeah, That's I saw it. That felt good. It's right. like that That's nicotine. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. Yes, release. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I also, well, I also think that when they're modeling the um, destructive behavior, rebellious behavior, it's not just that they're. I, I do agree with a lot of your analysis about the, and even with the the occult dimension of how they're making you consent and all of that. But when they're mod these like rebellions that you see and so forth, you know, I think this is about misdirecting your erotic energy which is about what the sexual revolution saw up and a lot of things are about if you watch the joker movie right they're showing you these and yeah part of it you could say is to sort of discharge your your um i mean to to yeah to sublimate your desire for actual social change and to kind of like feeling good in the movie i think there's something about argument as well but i think at this point with stuff like the joker as well they're they're modeling uh this kind of destructive behavior which yeah they'll sacrifice a fauci they'll sacrifice some of these people it doesn't matter right the um the, the machine goes on um but it is it, the feedback loops you're talking about i mean that is that is key to it how the predictive programming these things serve multiple purposes the predictive programming is part of this feedback loop thing where uh, they model psychopathic or criminal behavior it causes these or they cause and pretend that it was caused by the media and then, or if it was a, you know, it was a conspiracy, Lenin, Reagan, or then they, then they tell, then they feed it back in and create more and more and more. And this is how they model their power, right? This is how they model their, their control. Like is a, we control the world and they're break. That's it's a ritual. They're breaking down the boundaries between fiction and reality to show that they have power over reality through fiction, through mind control, through mass mind control. So um, we're coming up, thank you, Brett, that's a great point, but we're coming up on two hours solid here. I'm not trying to kick anybody out, but I'm just reminding that you guys that this has uh, been great and this is the time limit that we invited you for. And if you guys want to stick it out or leave, um, I totally understand each, each way. So how are we all feeling uh, right now? Guys, I apologize. I've got a hard stop, but I've enjoyed the conversation tremendously and I look forward to doing it again with you guys soon. It's been great to have you, Etienne. Thank you for joining us. And yes. would you please tell us where uh, your Substack and, and your other websites where we can find you? Yeah, so uh, as a reminder, I'm the author of Government, The Biggest Scam in History Exposed, and that's at government-scam.com. Uh, my, uh, my organization is the Art of Liberty Foundation. We publish a, a weekly newsletter of alternative news and voluntarist and libertarian memes that we call Five Meme Friday. Awesome. And that's at artofliberty.org. And then all of my uh, like writings and investigative series is at artofliberty.substack.com. Fantastic. And that book also comes with a liberator as well, right? That's, that has It does. It's a 64 gigabit credit card size flash drive filled with documentaries and books in PDF and important articles, short videos, memes, uh, truth music from the liberty movement's hottest artists. You name it, uh, we make it 
uh, everything that's being censored off the internet. We're trying to preserve in an archive that can be carried in your back pocket and used. It, it doubles as a you know flash drive when you need a flash drive and uh, makes uh, makes this information uncensorable. And once you have one, you can make copies for your friends. Fantastic. Yep, I have so much for. I have the uh, example here to show people. You know, this is this is what you can expect when you get the Liberator. Nice little flash drive pops out just like that. That's how you get it into your computer. So it's very nice and uh, very, very important. Great idea to be sharing information off of the Internet because then they don't have their claws in it. You know, That's yeah. And, and, and don't be surprised when you don't have access to the Internet anymore or you can't find certain things like that video that I, you know, mentioned showing how many, how they're able to put an idea across dozens of different shows and platforms, uh, you know, uh, from cartoons to the news, to the, to the, to satire. It's, it's just, it's, it's an like, it's amazing that these things are starting to disappear off the internet. And so have an archive, even if it's not mine. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Etienne. Uh, we really appreciate your time and your input this evening, and I really hope to uh, really hope to hear from you again very soon. And, That's been uh, a pleasure. Thank you, Julian. Pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much. Thank you, Etienne. Right. Safe travels, my friend. All right, uh, Brett. Would you uh, would you like to uh, speak about where the people can find you and? and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, it's a podcast called PSYOP Cinema, P-S-Y-O-P. Oh, that's on the screen. PSYOP Cinema, you know, Spotify, iTunes, usually we have a Patreon page. We have uh, some premium uh, content that, that's really good. Um, and uh, Twitter at Cinema PSYOP. Um, I think that's about the extent of our, our online presence um, at, at this point. But I mean, this is kind of what we, we do. We look at the intersections of deep politics and cinema and we look at cinema as a form of, well, I say mass mind control, but really the term we use is cultural engineering because that's what that's what it is at a, at a mass scale. You know, at the micro scale, it's, you know, MK Ultra mind control, which is is part of this. I, I would add to the, the recent case of, of Harvey Pasternak, this, this oh, wow. you know, yeah. uh, Kanye West's trainer who's a trainer to many many um you know divas and movie stars and so forth um who his background was in um uh, a, the, the same the, the same branch of the you Canadian military that was doing mk ultra right stuff, basically McGill then, university yeah yeah and he's uh, no he was toronto university he wasn't mcgill i don't I think thought he was where the same place where you and cameron was well, he was working through this. No, he was working through the same Canada Def Defense Board Canada or something, the same organization that funded uh, you and Cameron. I think that would that's what might be the connection. Okay. But so, um, and then he is, you know, threatening to have Kanye. Uh, uh, what was it? The ter the term oh, was zombie, zombie, land. zombie land forever. And and I, I don't want to go on, but I mean, you, this is this is what was going with Britney Spears and the conservatives going on with so many of them. Sam Lufty is another one of them. Um, and I don't know about the military connections with him, but he's another one of these Svengali figures who's keeping these stars constantly drugged. And I believe they're getting information on how to mind control celebrities like they did to Marilyn Monroe and others. Right. The studios wanted that information. And so they have to they use the mind control to control their stars and then they use the, the stars to control you. And so they go micro, upscale, macro, you know, they to with this, there's a, it's all sort of connected. That's why, because they're adapting the same methods. So that's, that's what I wanted to close with. That's sort of a big idea, conceit 
of the show that we explore. Well, I must say it's a great show, and I listen every time. And uh, your latest breakdown with William Ramsey about Fight Club was fantastic, and it was great to listen to. Thank you. Um, and uh, Thomas, your uh, your co-host, uh, yes, very, yeah, he's very insightful as well. And I, th- I encourage all the listeners that they should listen to Psyop Cinema, and they can find it in all the podcasts and. You have a, a Patreon as well for um, further analysis into movies. You do extra work. Yeah, Thomas and I both have, have a lot of content. We've got probably about 50. I also put my notes up there. So if you want to get my how I think about them, you've seen some of my notes. So yeah. I, I kind of all put on my notes. So I think they're pretty cool. And that's just $1. You can get all the notes for like $1. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. That's great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And Thanks for having me. Great talking to all of you. And, oh, and again, I, you're not you're not being asked to leave or anything. If you want well, to, I, get, I do. I do have to go. I have my my wife and my six month old out there. <laughs> oh, Ivan, I enjoyed your. I was listening to Ivan's uh, Joker analysis. You guys did a great. James and I did a great Joker analysis. We've done one. Well, I didn't have a lot of time to go into all the feedback loop stuff, but that's we did a Joker series called the Joker Cycle. We're probably going to publish an article pretty soon on a, on an online scene, but it's all about these feedback loops and cybernetics and predictive programming and how the, the Joker is doing this through a cycle that involves Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy and uh, even if you, even in some ways um, Clockwork Orange. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I really enjoyed you guys had a lot of the same, made a lot of the same observations we made in our Joker series. Cool. We got to get together sometime and do something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should do some analysis together for sure. Yep. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night. Cheers. Good night. That was great. And then there was me. (laughs) Would you like to stick around? We've got some. I can hang out a few more minutes. Yeah. We got some clips to share. Um, He was just talking about. uh, Here, let me see if I can find it. James, you go ahead and take the floor if you'd like. Uh, here, I'm going to try to find something that I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, know. I was, I was just just to continue something that Brett was talking about. Yeah. Just the whole reason for movie theaters. People think it's artistic expression. It was the art that was driving it. It was you know cinema, the technology, and all this stuff. Like again, there what put out there that sounds good, you know, and then the actual nefarious, the actual you know. Uh, compartmentalized purpose, like, no, this is really what's going on. Yeah, propaganda, mind control, entertainment, it, the tool needed to be put out there, and how can we, one, profit from it, make money, and continue doing it, and two, get people to want to be mind-controlled and entertained. So, you know, you got you start with a little movie house, a little, you know, theater, but damn, that's only 50 people in here, 100? Damn, well, let's start, with, you know, make big theaters, the palaces. Let's make the average person, you know, that barely can scratch together the nickel or dime to get into a movie theater, make them feel special to be with the elites to, you know, with royalty. Hence why the theaters in the twenties, thirties, forties look like palaces. You had the big arches, you had the curtains, you know, the all that's got, you know, it will felt like, wow, it was an experience, but that was all to get 200 people in there to get a propaganda thing flashed at them. Once they got over all the, glitz and glamour of stuff now you're in the 80s 90s now it's multiplexes. now you got you know like cookie cutter cookie cutter stuff with the houses instead of individual houses now all the houses look the same so now you get one big you know a uh, few 
acres that have 20 screens, all the same black thing with the white screen and all the same seats, but still two or 300 people at a time, propaganda, propaganda, mind control, mind control. So now doing COVID, the next evolution is like, wait, we don't need to hoard them 200 people, 300 people at a time in the theater. Everybody's going to watch stuff on their phones, on their computers, on their TVs. So now let's go ahead and shift it over to now they can stream everything on Netflix, on HBO Max, on Paramount Plus, all, you know, all this stuff. And they're still getting, you know, propaganda and they're still paying for it. You know, they're giving us the $15 a month for Netflix. They're giving us the $10 a month for Paramount Plus. They're paying to be programmed. See, right. so there's the brilliance of all this mind control bullshit that people suck in thinking like, hey, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's a No, detach from that. See it for what it is and become an observer. And I'll then tell you we'll what, talk about it. real quick before you share that, James, uh, they also, with the, the Netflix and the Hulu and the whatever, they they calculate like they track when you click on it they track how long you watch it for so they know what's going in it's more of the feedback loop that brett was talking about so i just want to say that's true and white the white noise was released on netflix and it was released in december just before the thing happened in february you know, and then they can watch when they watch it. If there's a boost in the numbers, like they can watch how long. So they gain information this way instead of at the old days, you rent a tape and like, who knows, like, you know, the information is lost. But this clip that I just shared with James. Hey, real quick. Um, it's, it's on my mind right now. I just want to, I just want to make sure that we fit it in. Um, the dude that like started Netflix yeah. Is Edward Bernays's nephew, and Edward Bernays was uh, was was the um, the nephew of Sigmund Freud. So here we have this like lineage of of um, psychological manipulation. I mean, Freud was like a psychiatrist or a psychologist rather, and Edward Bernays was like this chief propagandist. He's the guy that convinced everybody that bacon should be included with breakfast and that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. He's the guy that made the posters that showed my doctor recommends camels. Right. Like you know saying that smoking cigarettes was healthy. Right. So this yeah. is what Edward Bernays did and his nephew is the guy that starts Netflix. Right. But how I remember so how Netflix it. started. It wasn't just streaming, DVDs. it was right physical media through the mail. You DVDs. It wasn't. It wasn't streaming at all. Uh, you go to Netflix.com, and it was an online blockbuster, uh, video rentals, and they'd send it to your house. You wouldn't even have. To, it's the start of stay in the pod, mm-hmm. and and eat we'll the come bugs. To you. We'll send it to you. You don't have to go anywhere. Right, right. My way was just noticing. She's like, I can't believe how many of these. Um, uh, of these uh, services there are where now you can order food and you don't have to even leave, leave your house to, I mean, there's always been pizza delivery, yada, whatever. We're talking about literally like groceries. The even delivery. working. You don't need to leave your house to work. You're on a computer, remote site. You make your income at home. You sure. get your toilet paper delivered, your food delivered. You pay your electricity bills online. You do not leave need to leave your slave quarter for anything at all by design. Perfectly. They got it. Yeah, I mean, it is a, uh, it is a, 
Um, anyways, the yeah, thank you. Yes, yes. You know, yes. They're watching on every device. It's the same. The one eye, like the eye of Sauron. Right? Oh, I was going to say it's like a slow burn into into absolute control. Totally. Where and like they, you know. they 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 tighten the reins. You know, they tighten the reins every so often, and they're it's uh, the complete and utter technocratic control over everyone and they're using that to kind of um lock people in a cage and the people are going willingly and the cage is your own home well i mean yeah but they already got him in the mind cage you know yes i agree put them under the spell and then that's okay i lock the doors and i wear the mask and all this you know it's like they already have to be on the fear and and like Brett was saying, they get in with trauma based mind control. And I just wanted to share this interview. Uh it's a short clip with Roseanne Barr. She's speaking the truth about Hollywood. So it's a short clip here, James, right. please. Let's, let's do it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Entertainment responsible for perpetuating a rape culture. Yeah, I think the media is responsible for perpetuating a rape culture. And, you know, I mean, it's profitable for the people at the top who run the rape culture, uh, you know, who run it and, uh, you know, they profit from it. And, and to say otherwise would be a big fat lie. But um, so, you know, they don't want any kind of power shifted away from the way they have it set up in a very hierarchical uh, manner with, uh, you know, women's free labor at the bottom, largely uh, slave labor, at the bottom of that big pyramid. You've been a Hollywood insider for so long, yet you've been vocal for so long. I mean, how challenging is it to see your colleagues across Hollywood lacking for the Obama administration when they have so much power and influence that they could single-handedly shape the dialogue when so many people are watching them? Well, uh, I think that, you know, this is a culture of fear and um, nobody's more afraid than people in Hollywood. They're afraid that they'll drop out of the top, you know, they're afraid that they'll drop from the bottom of the pyramid, maybe to the middle of the pyramid. But, you know, they, they, they're the ones, uh, Hollywood is the, is the one that keeps all this power structure and all this culture of racism and sexism and, uh, and classism and genderism and all of it in place. They continually feed it and they make a lot of money doing it. And they do it at the behest of their masters who run everything. So, you know, they're not going to get brave enough to do that. I mean, I think that there, there aren't many of us who, um, who are brave enough to do that. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I can do it. And I feel that I do it on behalf of uh, many people in Hollywood, too. I, I go to Hollywood parties or, you know, occasionally I go to Oscar parties and things like that. And people, big stars, people will grab me by the arm and take me aside and say, I just want to thank you for the <laughs> things you say. And it blows my mind, but that, that's the culture. It's a culture of fear for sure. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a big culture of uh, mind control too. MK Ultra mind control rules 
in Hollywood. If if you don't know, Google that and look into it. Well, we've talked about Operation Mockingbird, MK, MK Ultra mind control stuff from, I mean, this goes back decades and decades. But Roseanne, I mean, do you know people have been blacklisted? I mean, is it just kind of a self-censorship in Hollywood or do people actually get edged out if they are too much against the grain? Um, yeah, it's self-censorship after a while, but it's not just a crazy self-censorship. It's self-censorship because it, it, there, there's actually a danger that you will never work again. And uh, people know it. They, they, everybody has friends that it happened to, that maybe you said too much or maybe you were too vocal on, on, uh, on uh, unpopular issues. And it's funny because it doesn't matter if two years later, I find this a lot, that two years later, those unpopular issues become very mainstream. They still don't forgive the first person who does it. And uh, that's kind of been my story there. When you're first, you're um, you know, going to be vilified despite the fact that two years later everybody's saying what you said. You're still going to be vilified because you dared. And you know, uh, you know, like they say, the Chinese, uh, you know, the Chinese have a uh, a myth or a saying that says that the nail that stands up is hammered down, and that's how it is here and everywhere in the world. Right. You know, you don't really want to put yourself at odds with with people who um, decide your future and and pay, you know, for your uh, work. But sometimes you have to. And, and I was very lucky that I had a successful show that made me uh, a, lo a lot of money and so that I can do that. And I feel that I owe that to the people I, I came from to say those things that maybe they can't say because they're afraid they'll be fired or they're afraid even that they'll be put in jail or whatever. Um, I'm going to do it because why not? I know that you were also a supporter of Occupy Wall Street, which unfortunately was violently suppressed by militarized police forces all across the country. And Roseanne, I tell people that everything we do every day is political. I mean, every action we take is a vote, essentially. Any more words of advice you can give to people who are watching this and saying, you know, there's nothing that can be done and we don't have a voice? Well, I'd say that, that, that that's not true. There's so much that can be done. and. Don't stop now because we've put a crack in it and now the light will get in. So don't stop now, whatever you do, don't stop. And you know, they talk about Occupy Wall Street and this and that and the other, but you know, it needs a reboot, like everything having to do with resisting a country being owned by banksters and both parties of its government being owned by banksters. But there's no way we can turn our back or quiet down now. It'll only get worse. All right, that was a little dramatic with the drums and stuff. But, uh, yeah, but like for the audience, that's a perfect example of how they are using different forms of media to have an emotional, to, to, to inspire an emotional reaction in you. They're using the, 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 vibrate, the principle of vibration itself against you there by, by charging you with this energy of the music and the words and the buildup and the... Right. The volume raising and this and that and so it's like yeah yeah you know so <laughs> keep that in mind when you see stuff like that you know but anyways what do we have to say about that clip it's interesting, interesting you clip. said straight up that mk ultra rules hollywood and, and you know recently with uh brandon frazier winning the academy award uh, this past week 
wasn't he someone who said something to someone he shouldn't have and then boom he was kicked out for a good amount of years didn't he get an award for wearing a fat suit yeah the reason he had the whale but his performance was good but no before before all that yeah he was kind of shunned from hollywood he did something you know he said or did something to an executor something happened that he was on the outskirts what had happened out and out for a while what happened with brendan frazier was that he was filming a movie called journey to the center of the earth what had happened was the production company there was there was something going on with the production company for that movie and they went under and the people that were working on that movie weren't going to get paid. And he made a big fucking stink about it. That's what happened. Mm. And ever since then, when he started sticking up for the people that were working on that movie, he somewhat became like a persona non grata. And, and that's what happened with him. And then he just, and then at the same time, uh, I don't know why I even know this, but he was going through like a divorce and his wife like took everything. Yep. So it's like all these things happening at once. Um, now, you know, there could be a third element there that I'm not recalling or that no one really knows about. That was like the reason why it was so, you know, so important to get rid of a character like him. But, you know, he's uh, he's Brendan Fraser. He's just an actor. And he did some things and stirred the pot. And they don't like it when people stir the pot. So, you know. So, uh we we did see the uh we i would very much like to share another clip from our good friends uh truth stream media you okay. can find their work at truthstreammedia.com and this is fantastic that they dug this up and showed it to everybody and here's a clip so what we're about to see is a is a uh is a revealing of of some pretty heavy stuff and it has to do with mind control yeah implementing mind control methods that's right uh to massive amounts of the population in history and it's um very telling and i warn you if you think that this is not happening today just because this is an example from decades ago no they've gotten advanced in their methods and they've been able to hide it even better so we're going to enjoy this, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Melissa Melton here. To start this video, we're going to start by playing the National Anthem, which was the sign-off on television stations across the nation back in the 1960s. Our National Anthem.
Okay, I'm going to put that video you just saw in perspective in just a moment. But today up at TrueStream, I wrote this article, TV, Your Mind Controlled. And what it has to do with is the fact that back in the 60s, scientists, uh, one scientist in particular that I cite who worked for General Electric, was able to do experiments on people watching television. And he found that within 30 seconds to a minute of watching television, your brain goes from a beta wave state, which is an alert, awake, thinking state, with, which primarily uses the left side of your brain, which is where your critical thinking skills lie, to an alpha state, which is more of a relaxed, daydreaming type state, where you essentially go on autopilot and you become a passive learner to the information that's coming into your mind. Okay? What they were able to figure out is that television is a form of basic mind control. When you are in an alpha wave state, you are suggestible to whatever's going into your mind, what you're seeing, at a subliminal level that you cannot critically analyze as you are viewing it. And one of this researcher's findings actually said that through this, there may be a time when the mass media can create special programs that help people modify attitudes and behaviors. It's creepy stuff. Switching gears, have you ever seen the movie They Live? It's the 1988 John Carpenter science fiction movie where this man is able to put on sunglasses and he finds out that there's a signal on a TV broadcast that is concealing the appearance of these beings that are controlling society and he finds out all the billboards just say consume, obey, they're just all subliminal messages. Everything is a subliminal message and everyone is being basically controlled subliminally by the ruling class. Now we're going to go ahead and watch this national anthem again, only this time we're going to watch it slowed way down. Tell me if you notice anything different from the last time you watched it. Did you see the letters change at the bottom? Let's watch it again in even slower frame-by-frame -frame motion. happens so quickly you can barely see it but you aren't meant to physically literally see it you are meant to subconsciously see it it is meant to go into the subconscious and implant itself into your brain on a subconscious level and this continues throughout this entire national anthem and it becomes basically like the script for the movie they live
God is real. God is watching, it said for the listeners. Believe in government God. Rebellion will not be tolerated. Obey, consume. Obey, consume. Worship, consume, obey, consume. Believe, buy ultra, buy Naomi. Those are actually CIA operations. MK Ultra and MK and MK Naomi are declassified. Do not question government. Believe in government God. This video was shown signing off of television programming for the day uh, throughout the 60s. And we know that during that time is the same exact time that the Mass Mind Control MK Ultra Project, the government covert operation was going on in the United States. They were carrying it out on the American people and that's been admitted. The CIA admitted it in what 1970 and there's even a speech where Bill Clinton apologized for it in 1995. So this is all on record. This is not this is not a debunked video by any means. In fact everything I've looked up on this video has only gone to show that it is in fact a real video that was in fact shown on national television networks throughout the country in the 1960s and if you guys think they're not using this kind of programming today I assure you that they are it's just gotten much much more sophisticated I have lots of documentation on that lots of research studies on that and I will be bringing more reports to show you exactly how these kinds of technologies are used to keep the masses in check to keep you buying the establishment line and to keep people from thinking critically and asking questions and that's what we all have to start doing is thinking more critically about the information that's going into our minds and asking more questions Melissa Melton Truth Stream Media that was right. a perfect Truth report Stream. yeah Truth Stream Media for sure is one of the oh, is the, uh, she's it, Melissa Dykes now Right, Aaron and, and Melissa got married a while back, and they are they are one of the like leading sources that I would say to, to direct people in when they're not busy watching Black Pill Digest. Go watch Truth Street Media and catch up because they are a wellspring of of information and some real knowledge, and they want to help you uh, build that intellectual self defense against these monsters, and that that is a very disturbing. Um, disturbing video 
people watching, uh, people listening, people enjoying this audio only, uh, you get the full and greatest experience. You get the most out of Black Pill Digest when you watch it. And you get even more when you watch it live. So, you know, you gotta you gotta make your way over here on a Saturday night eventually and and jump in the chat and watch it live because you never know what'll happen. Nothing happened right now though. Sean's yeah. enjoying it. Sean, it's gonna pop out. <gasps> yeah, Sean's enjoying a not much needed snack. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm trying to survive here, guys. Yeah, yeah. But uh so yeah, that was a perfect report. Uh Ivan, what do you say about that? What do you I think? remember Believe that. I was born in seventy. I remember, yeah, being a little kid and seeing, yeah, staying up late and some of the channels would sign off with national anthem videos playing like that. So who knows? Right. <laughs> yep. Wow. You know, and, and the message, I, I'm thinking um, the programming sticks and then when you wake up, you know, then the programming no longer sticks and you can call people out on it. It's a little subtle kind of example is, um, you know, I started driving Uber recently just for a little side cash for trip taking and one of the passengers in the back brought up something about uh don't do drugs just say no don't do drugs what do you think and then i just answered well i don't contone the use of drugs you know but i'm not gonna um everybody's free to do what they want with their own body see so it was like not the answer he was expecting because he didn't ask anything else after that See, so the regular, yes, just say no, you're right. Yes, drugs bad. Yes, like, no, no, well, I'm not gonna, you know, tell, force someone to do it, but they're free to do what they want. It's their body, you know. It's like, he was like 404 error, 404 error. I did not expect that answer. What did I do with that information? He's thinking, he's thinking. I, he expects me to think. I'm not gonna talk about anything else. So, right. there you go. It's just repetition of a sound bite that he heard, and it's just Nancy Reagan propaganda falling out of his mouth, just spew, just falling. If, Falling out. Yeah. Verbal, it's verbal diarrhea. That's all it is. I drove taxi for years and yeah, you I, did. <laughs> I, I brought the uh, I brought a new perspective to a lot of people's heads. You know, I would talk about um, self ownership and sovereignty and you know, it 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 caught a lot of people by surprise. But you know, if you can be friendly and you can be talkative, uh, it helps, you know. And especially if you can be logical and if they're already thinking about it and they're asking you questions, then you can show them uh, what it's all about. You know, it's helpful. Yep. So that's one thing job. I noticed that kind of connects with what we're doing at media and technology and entertainment and stuff yeah. is, you know, these dang phones again. One my observation again, just been doing this Uber thing a little over two weeks, is the tracking, you know, how we're doing it to each other, the tracking. Where's my driver at? So they, we're programming each other to track. See, so they don't need to chip us with some. We're already doing it, you know? Where's my food at? I ordered the yeah. food. I ordered my pizza. Where's it at? They're tracking each other, you know? So and even I was surprised that, that the app, as a driver, I'm parked there waiting. I arrive early, and I can see they're in the building. When they turn on their phone, the app, I can see where they're moving in the building, getting closer to me. I'm like, Wow. You know, it's like, look, we're Spooky. tracking each other. Yeah, this is like, yeah, it's like 1984, but worse. It's like, but and and it, the way that people treat their waitress is like the worst, and it makes other people treat you like you're a servant to them. You know, and it's this weird, 
dynamic where they treat everybody like a waitress, you know, where's my food? Where's my, you know, and, and then everybody has to give the fake face and be like, Oh, I'm serving you. Give me money. Like it's, it's really weird how it puts people into that. But, uh, yeah, the attitude of gratitude is completely lacking among among the general population, and and yeah. honestly, like it's 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 kind of uh, evidence of the abuse victim cycle, where the uh, victim becomes the abuser. Somebody's you know, you know like uh, that Bob Dylan song, "You Got to Serve Somebody." You know what I mean? Like it's everyone's got a boss, and uh, everyone wants to be the boss of someone else, and it's really kind of tragic and- to think about it because it's a lack of gratitude that's kind of driving this beast, and it yeah. and it sucks. Fucking sucks. And it's like servicing other people. Service economy is like all that's left except for like factories here. Right. You know, fishing up where you are, James, and like, I don't know, laying in the sun or whatever you happens <laughs> in, in Phoenix. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, it's, no, it's more hijacking of things that matter because what I'm doing, I'm providing a service, you know, like people want to go A to B or whatever. Right. So I will facilitate that. That's my mental approach right. to it. Granted, society makes it a business that capitalists, I need to capitalize on your need for transportation. So I'm going to go ahead and get money right. from it. See, so here's all the hijacking bullshit where it's it's a job, it's business, it's profitable and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I attempt to still stay to the true thing of like, I'm offering a service. People need to go A to B. I have a, you know, a transportation device that does that. And, you know, in a a movie, tying it into movies, in a movie kind of way, I kind of like look at myself like, hey, I'm more like the Jason Statham in the transporter. It's like, look, I'm transporting and trying to take care of my vehicle and keep it clean and provide a service. You know, I'm serving my brothers and sisters that need to get from point A to point B. So it's not entirely all like, it's money. I don't care about, just give me the money. Give me the you know, and that's how people operate. Give me the money, give me the money, or you know. Yeah. So again, it's all this obfuscation and hijacking of things that should be not happening, you know, naturally, organically for out of love and expansion instead of fear of I need more money. If not, I'm gonna be homeless, I can't feed myself, I can't shelter myself. Right. Come on, man. What are you're doing? owned by Uber, which is like a conglomerate owned by something else, owned by Vanguard or whatever, and like you're it's weird it's like they're loaning out you as a slave to others to bring them a sandwich like or whatever but i mean i used to work for a taxi and i understand what kind of what it is and like it's good to talk to people and to have like regulars and bring people to work and be you know one, um, one other thing that i kind of realized that i was like doing the podcast and one great work in our own little bubble basically Mm-hmm. At my job, yes, at the post office, but that's it. The employees, that's it. The fellow coworkers, and maybe a few family members, and that's my scope. You know, maybe the store I go to frequent. Our experience matters. Who we interact with. So it fascinates me now, after all these years, to be driving this a little while and having all these different characters that I drive around. I'm not delivering the food thing. I'm just focusing on, you know, the people because I have an SUV, a large size vehicle. So I fall into that XL category. So I get, you know, anything from one to six passengers and a lot of airport stuff, you know, the baggages, the bags. So I've had different races, different sexuality people, you know, the LGBT people. I've had rich and poor. 
I've taken from ghetto to ghetto, and I've taken from the high-end Scottsdale to the airport and not your regular commercial mm-hmm. terminal to the side back of the airport where they have the private jet. So I'm like, wow. You know, so to think of the people we're trying to free, the consciousness, who we're trying to do this great work for, I'm like, wow, just seeing all the different values and actions and, you know, who tips, who doesn't, how much they tip and yeah. the conversations. I've had lawyers from Canada in here talking stuff, you know, and I'm like, huh, interesting. So it's interesting, again, being amongst the people, amongst the slaves to see who are we actually trying to free and where are their, their, where's their consciousness at. So it's, it, I think it's a you know, learning experience for me. Well, you'll find a lot of people that have a television consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, right. it's a wall that we have to fight, you know. But, um, right, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the television and the media has, has greatly altered our ability to have a, a long attention span and to be able to, you know, kind of have that. Like I mentioned intellectual self-defense earlier. It's like, it's, it's armor. That's what it is. And it's like, they've hijacked that through the media and that's what they've done with it is through, um, manipulating our ability to have a long attention span. We're, now we're like goldfish in a bowl. You know, like, uh, everything important to us is in close, close range, including our ability to pay attention. And, and, and we react to like, you know, the stimuli like a goldfish, you know, right. because our, you know, all right. we do is just react emotionally and we're trained to do so. Right. And instead of being in a reactive state of mind, we should have more of a, of a responsive state of mind because responsive, uh, being more responsive, that means that we we are uh, conscious of what's going on. That means that we have the ability to critically think about what is happening in front of us, as opposed to being reactive, which is, oh no, what do I do? That's it's like the shutting down of your consciousness puts you in this reactive state of mind where your emotions are taking the wheel instead of your logic and reasoning skills. Right. And that's where we need to, that's where we need to actually speaking of, we want to talk about taking the wheel. That's where we need to steer away from. Yeah. We need to, we need to be more, we need to actively be headed to be, be heading uh, to. What, beheading? What? No, Behead? <laughs> we need to actively be heading toward a, a place where our, our logic and reasoning and emotions are striking harmony and creating balance with each other with the fulcrum point being freedom. And that's where, that's where, that's what's going to, that's what's going to make us want to strike balance. And that way we can be kind of, you know, more in control of ourselves in our person and uh, know right from wrong and try to help others learn right from wrong by leading and being an example of it. And every single day, the, the media, you know, your music, your, television the news the movies uh the the papers all of it you know it's not really newspapers so much as articles online um but they're actively trying to keep us down in a state of of you know um mental uh adolescence you know it's like a mental speaking of Speaking of mental adolescence, can you please play the recruiting tool movies clip? Sure, we can play that for sure. Um, I was just going to say that, like, we need to 
uh, I was going to close with my, my little tangent there by just trying to inspire people to, you know, take action and to act morally, to, you know, learn the difference between right and wrong and how it applies to everybody equally. And with this in mind, we are, we are headed toward a more free society. As the saying goes, as, as morality increases in the aggregate of any given population or society, freedom also increases at the same time. And then kind of with that in mind, it goes to show exactly like how we are, where we are and how we've gotten to the place where we exist now. And the amount of freedom that we have is directly correlated with the amount of morality that is practiced among the people that seek freedom. And we're down because of that, you know, it's it's why they perpetuate the immorality and the Satanism everywhere. Right. And they put it in everything you see. And they try to get you, you know, try to get you to act like an immoral coward who can't take care of themselves. Who will accept death at the sliding doors of death. Like, oh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I just want to put that out there in the ether and, <laughs> and, and, you know, get people, get people, you know, thinking about that because that's the, that's the answer there is how we how we act on a daily basis whether or not we're doing right or wrong that's going to directly affect the amount of freedom that we have and we could render this whole entire control system obsolete through our words and and do it peacefully if we all just say no and stand up and stand up for ourselves and do it peacefully let them be the violent bastards and and we'll we'll be able to the universe will get our back if we're acting in self defense, right. and with that, like I, I yield. But I just well, I, well let let me go something ahead. you mentioned earlier in your rant. Those two words, remember, are neutral, and it depends where how how it starts, what the intentions are when it comes to response and reaction. We've been programmed through the movies and everything else how to respond and how to react right through no i don't want to say no fault of our own but again through that ignorance of truth of natural law of right and wrong our reactions and our responses have been dictated to us and this is part of government internal government when we control ourselves we can control our response and our reactions and not let it be a programmed uh you know thing based on the movies and TV shows and the government and the schools and all that stuff. And so that's something, again, the neutrality of that is there. It's who controls it, who's in power of that. And right now, they, the they, control puppetry, the people, how they react and how they respond. And that's part of the strings that need to be cut is for each of us to govern our own selves so we can properly respond and, if need be, properly react. Because remember, when you feel pain, it's not just a response that you critically think about and it's like, huh, maybe I should. No, there's a physical reaction that comes naturally, that pain, you retract. So there are reactions that are natural and we need to align to those reactions as well as the responses. So this is the thing with films tying back again. I know you might think, oh, Biden. The Chuck Norris thing again is that thing about proper response is that efficient 
you know, right away, like, whoa, these guys are creating tough. They don't stop. No, you don't stop. Boom. Got to be taken out because that's what they do to us. But again, that's the thing with the programming of response and reaction. Who's programming who? We program ourselves aligning, you know, learning truth and natural law, or we let someone else tell us like, no, you know, another slave breaks into your house, you have the right to shoot them. If the police are, you know, choking you, just, you know, don't resist and let settle it in the court system. It's like, wait, what? You know? So again, we're too busy watching monkey porn. <laughs> yeah, we need that sound effect. You'll press the button like, ee, 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 ee. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. I'm on it. <laughs> Yeah, he's on it. <laughs> so was the monkey. <laughs> you had a video clip to play there? Yeah, this is a quick one. It's called, uh, well, I just named it Recruiting Tool. Uh, but this is, this shows how the military uses uh, commercials aligned with movies. They lump in the military into this whole push of like buy this thing and like buy the military you know it's really weird it's a re like um top gun was the number one like recruiting tool like and, and um the recruit was written by cia for cia recruiting and um like these these movies are are created on purpose and this is like a quick thing uh, here, James, go ahead. All right, let's watch it. Sometimes they can be completely obvious. In Captain Marvel, for example, the main character, Carol Danvers, is an actual Air Force pilot. About to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. That's right. The film's message and advertising revolved around having a strong, driven female lead, and there was a direct recruitment campaign tied to the movie. This X-Men film also had a direct recruitment campaign. They stand together as an elite class. It's more than a uniform. It's a chance to be part of something bigger than you ever imagined. And even the sequel to Independence Day created fake recruitment ads for the Earth Space Defense, which redirected people to an actual army recruitment site. Wow, wow, we were. They would go and to the website and it recruits brings them to the recruiting site you know and video games too that's another thing that we didn't even mention in this show it's just another world but um you know they have recruiting uh recruiting centers with video games lined up and they're all first person shooters and they're not allowed to talk to people under 18 but the uh, yeah, the recruiting officers, if you're over 18, they'll say, hey, do you want to shoot something for real? Come through this door right here, you know, and uh, that's a real thing. So it's like the movie Eye in the Sky. All you do is get into your little four by four little square little thing and play video games. You're flying drones in Nevada halfway around the world bombing brown people but you don't know it's like a video game to you well they've done that that's that dude they've done that with many movies that matthew broderick movie uh back in the day then and even up uh was it a matthew broderick movie i'm forgetting the name right now but the one global uh, war uh something he, he play they, war games not war games war games war games yeah we play a game yeah, and then even up to uh, modern day, and I know it's a book, but they turned the book into a movie. It's called Ender's Game, 
And the whole, the whole movie, the kid thinks he's doing training exercises when it turns out every single training exercise was actually the war itself. Mm-hmm. And, and the in the future, look future in space kind of. Right, right. And it's a kid mm-hmm. thinking he's playing a game. That's the gist of it. He think it's like a fucking 14 year old kid thinking he's playing a game doing, of course, get into the nuance of the movie. Yes. He's, you know, trying out to be in the military, all this stuff, but he's unaware that the, that the game that he thinks he's playing is actually really military exercises within the movie. Of course, because it's all space and sci-fi and pew, 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 all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting, uh, an interesting tactic. Yeah. They capture him into the cult. Sure. I want to bring up uh, one with Ethan Hawke that that was called good kill. So not only the recruitment, but not only the technology stuff of, hey, he wasn't actually there, but also the morality take on it that is called good kill because he's supposed to bomb. Is it secure? Is it safe? Yes, the target is is uh, isolated, but yet across the road, there's a little girl selling whatever, and when the drone blows that up, she gets killed. So, in a, you know, um, what's it called? Collateral damage, but it's a good kill because the target. So, again, it plays on that morality thing too so right well i mean you know they they are using uh they are using video games to desensitize the youth into you know my being being in the mindset of a killer uh and into being used to seeing uh somebody fall at the uh the opposite end of a gun it is it is it is a it is a real thing whether or not um you want to pay attention to you know the arguments that are being had about it in the mainstream media the fact of the matter is is that these actions do prepare the mind to see them in real life and it does not necessarily mean that they're inspiring young kids to go out there and do these things that is not the point that i'm trying to make the point is that when these things happen in front of those people that have been desensitized to them through the media and the video games and the movies and the whatnot, the emotional impact that seeing a person die right in front of you, that a somebody who is not a sociopath, somebody that does actually experience a full range of emotions and, and knows what to do with them. It's a very disturbing thing. And the, 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 the point that I'm really trying to make here is that it's just that these tools are being used as a weapon against people to desensitize them into being used to whatever it is that they, the big, they want the little us to be used to, (laughs) you know? So it's like predictive programming in a sense, desensitization in another, uh, in another sense, you know? Um, so. Well, you got me thinking real quick before I lose this thought (laughs) of maybe again, here's where, reality tv you know all this blur with like um manning was it manning or song that they released the footage of the military helicopter shooting the the, the reporters reports and all that so the argument either side is like hey 
that's de that's classified or you know because like tying back with Vietnam is like oh the war was stopped because people were seeing the brutality of it. I know we want this to stop, so we can't show that you know it's not good to show the people what's actually happening. But yet that footage is out there now. Was that intentionally hmm. leaked and put out there for this reason of? You know, getting people thirsty for the brutality of it, like oh, look, look. or was it really a kind of like, yo, this is wrong. Look, they're doing wrong, and we need to shut this down because now <laughs> you got to question why this footage was out there. What was the yeah. intention with it being being released? You know. So the beginning of photography was 1839, and it was just in time for the Civil War, and they put in the papers photographs of the battlefield. And you can't see the grass. It was all dead people laying on the ground. And they put that in the newspapers. Uh, it was a real trauma to everybody. So, and not only was it killing Americans on both sides, you know, but it was like they could see a photograph of a real thing. And they could mass produce it in the newspapers. And it was a big deal. You know, just wanted to put that in there. So, like, ever since the Civil War, they've been using images of the violence of what, you know, to traumatize us for. That falls in line with what I was saying about the theater, you know, instead of having like five or 10 people see something, you do an auditorium where you can squeeze two or 300 people and impact them. So now through a picture of actually being right. there, only the person there and, and the victim or whatever, that's all. They're only the ones impacted. But you take that picture and now you mass produce it on a newspaper. Right. And you can affect hundreds, thousands or millions of people to experience that thing, you know, through that. These pictures that are like eight by 10 negative, like. You know, and it gets the whole field like very detailed, uh, lots of information on the negative. Like, oh, and another thing about the whole thing about the desensitization of of the violence is that the that it, it's not so much about maybe it's about being the aggressor. Uh, they're they're putting people into these oh, positions yeah. of of um of through the gameplay. Right of your 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 Call of Duty or your modern your whatever warfare, uh, they're putting people in the position of the aggressor. So you're 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 as a, you're a soldier, and this is what soldiers do, and that this is what I, this is the mission, and this is the game, and this is the, the what have you. You're, you know, you're. What is the word bloodlust or bloodthirst? Something. Yeah, a, a bloodlust or or or. Do whatever. you? But um, it's it is um, it is. Through the game, you're it's almost like you're experiencing these things from a certain point of view. And that point of view is always like a government official, military. You know, and it's like this is in a way they're saying, like, look at what the military does. But they're not doing it in a way where it's like supposed to turn you off. It's it's supposed to make you make you, you know, hungry for more. This ties back to the beginning of the episode where we showed where you showed that video and they were showing 24 and they were talking about masculinity and taking action, but they kept showing police and military police and military. Right. When the government do it, it's okay. See the same thing. Right. And it's always the, and, and they paint the, they, they paint these people. Like this is another part of the mind control when it comes to um, obeying and, and uh, worshiping for uh, order followers and tolerating dominators is that they make these people on television 
look very attractive. They make them look chiseled. Like the the the, the cop is always the hero. He's always a very supposed supposed to be a very handsome, attractive male. And if it's a woman cop, most of the time they're you know this is what this is the theme that they go with with these characters and the actors that play them. They're actors. This isn't where this isn't real life. You know, and they're not the heroes in real life. These people are violent thugs that go around trying to dominate everyone else around them. And they'd issue their own mothers a speeding ticket if it meant that they would be, that their their you know their paycheck would get larger. Or if I'm thinking meant- of Prince with the with the song "The Beautiful Ones," sure, so everything in movies and TV shows "The Beautiful Ones," and in reality is right. like just average, regular, everyday people. Exactly. There was something else you said that no, I lost that train of thought. I wanted to the- bring up. But the idea behind doing that is simply to uh, it's a mind control tactic of of like almost like a, a way of permitting or a way to get the general population to make allowances. You know, it's to, to worship the dominator, you know, when we shouldn't be supporting these people at all. And, and it's like, oh, like the media that you, you know, it's always they're the ones, you know, coming to save the day. It's just it's just a classic tactic that's gone back all the way to like you know what the hell is that guy you know um, anyways all the cops and I you reminded me mate, it clicked what I was gonna say and I mentioned it before in one of my other episodes the Clint Eastwood film um, what was it uh, Dirty Harry f- f- fifteen seventeen to to not not to Yuma it was something to train train to paris or some shit it's a movie from several years ago clint eastwood directed it it was americans as based on a true story allegedly that they were on a train or something like that and there was going to be a terrorist hijacking but these guys foiled it they fought the terrorists killed them and, and stuff like that so they were heroes but the emphasis was that they were american military men since they were american military men they took the proper action and that always bugged me the way they push that and the thing is that it's humanity just people standing up against violence shutting that down but again the hijacking and obfuscation and the propaganda takes over when it's because they were american military that's why they did that so yay american military see again that's the thing and then i'll and then uh they um i just had a thought in my head the american military oh what this can do, all right. In fact, what this what this tactic can also do by showing it always being a government official, a military, a, a police, a this or a superhero or that. Rambo. It can create. Um, it can create in people a stand down effect through you know uh, or the bystander effect, and, and inadvertently can it can make people want to do this where they where they think that some hero is going to show up and save the day. They don't have to, the regular person doesn't have to be the one to stand up and save the day. Someone else is going to do it. They just have to wait long enough and someone else will come by and they'll, they'll put a stop to the rape that's happening in front of everybody on the subway or the guy that's going on a stabbing spree, you know, here or there or wherever. And no one has to do anything. Someone, the badge or someone will show up to put an end to it, you know? So and I just yeah right you, you know this, this ties back my first movie thing I did with uh, Francesco that I played a clip from Ten to Midnight the ending of that film where you had the the bad guy the serial killer rapist guy he's naked on the street 
and he was chasing Charles Bronson's daughter. And she runs right into his arms, and there's Charles Bronson with the gun. And the guy's like, you can't do anything. You're a cop. You got rules. They'll arrest me. I'll claim insanity, and I'll be out. You can't, you can't touch me. They'll hear about me. I'll be out again. The people will hear. you hear about me. And he says, Chuck Norris says, uh, not Chuck Charles Bronson says, no, we won't. Bang! Shoots him in the head. Like, oh, that's violence. Like, no, this is a freaking obvious criminal, you know, repeat offender, just, you know, evil manifest right there. But if we go through the proper legal channels, yeah, he'll go mental insanity a few years and then come out. But yet, you know, there it is, the masculinity protecting his daughter and other daughters. No, you stop right here. Again, ties into the Chuck Norris, good guys wear black, you know, expedient, just right there, right now. No, no due process and all. Do what needs to be done right there. This theme keeps popping up for some reason. I wonder why. Maybe because I keep bringing it up. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the stand down. You know, it's it's a, it's a psyop. And again, the police show up behind the guy, and Charles Bronson's a cop. So again, it's see, because they're they're law for their government officials, that that's the theme. But Charles Bronson acts as a father as opposed to a freaking, you know, order follower. So that's the thing that, you know, is different there. Yeah. Sean, I'm trying to find that clip. Okay. <laughs> All right, three I, hours. I, I, Dang. That's three great. Hours. Action. I think I'm getting close here, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, where can people find your, uh, can find your show and uh, where you, where you have your work same place as you guys mainly <laughs> one great work network.com and then direct to my place would be freeyourmindaz.com and again i started that 11 years ago now wow 4th of july of 2012 started that website and some of the podcasts and it started with other people's information it was a portal to other information other people's websites podcasts books links and all kinds of stuff but over the last you know several years once you become, you know, a truth speaker, you have to come, you know, change over and become a truth speaker. So been creating content and like the most, the rest of you, we joined the One Great Work Network or are invited to show up there because we start putting content out there. We start observing, you know, first you got to see what's going on, make sense of it, align to truth. And then you can start speaking, you know, more clearly as to what you know. And it is simple. It is simple, right and wrong. You know, <laughs> that's basically it. Don't steal and all that good stuff. And that's it. And then just start putting stuff out there in different methods, music and videos and, you know, book and all kinds of stuff just to put it out there for people to consume and, you know, take it in and hopefully start their journey of awakening and doing their part. So that's fantastic, man. And we're glad that you had, a, that, you, that you came to join us. Uh, we missed you the first time, and uh, we're glad that you could join us this time. And uh, I, th I hope everybody comes to visit your your uh, website and freeyourmindaz.com and uh, see what you're doing nowadays. And it's always something fun. Thank you for, for bringing your, uh, your opinions and your mind to the, today's conversation. Always an honor, man. Yep. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Wonderful. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, a brother from another mother. Yeah. Both of y'all. Yeah, and if anyone but else, he's my closer brother, Sean. You can, we gotta we gotta hook up a little more, man. Yeah, <laughs> we should have we should do more stuff, dude. If anyone out there is wondering if whether or not Ivan actually sits like that in a movie theater, I can say 
that he does. He goes like this and he looks around at everybody. (laughs) I was looking at you and Joe Murray. Yeah, that's Doctor true. Strange, the last Doctor Strange, when we were up there together, I was like, uh-huh, did, did you catch that? See, observing, detached from the movie, but looking at the environment. Yeah. yeah. And if, Joe, if you're listening to this somewhere out there, call me. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> call somebody, one of us. We miss yeah. you, brother. <laughs> we're wondering if you're alive. <laughs> Damn. But, um, okay. So, with that, I think that there is another clip here. That we definitely want to. So I'll buy it. I'll buy it real quick. Unless you want Thank me to see that been, clip. Do you want me to watch that clip? If you like, but it's uh, it's it. I asked James to. Um, I, can't find it. I can't find the one you asked me. To find. <clears throat> I didn't type anything under it. It's above, not you, but I. Like I mistyped it while we were here, but <laughs> I typed "education for death." It's you scroll up some on the Telegram, oh. and. Uh, like I can I can't find it in my files, but anyway, it's uh, education for death is a Disney clip, and it's some of the propaganda where they were talking about how Nazi children were getting propagandized, and how wrong that is. Yep. But we're doing the same thing, so it's interesting how it's a revelation. And uh, Walt Disney did that in 1948 or something. Um, Ivan, you're welcome to stay if you like. Or uh, yeah, I'll check this thank, video out. Thank you quick. so much. So in the meantime, while that's uploading, oh right, uh, right. I will, I will, I will sing uh, and dance for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just constant motion like this. That's it. That's like it. your hair is on fire. Ah. Ah. <laughs> I am not singing. I am not dancing. Not um, do a jig. Speaking to see my last collection here, that's part of it, and way over there. Yeah, all that. A bunch more crap. All those films have, have gone into your brain, right? No, no. <laughs> I wish. You know, a lot of the stuff I, I buy is like, oh, this looks interesting. Oh, this looks interesting. And then never come or get around to watching them. Time. There's not enough time. That's the biggest commodity, you That's know, true. that they use against us. Time, time, because keep working. Busyness. Keep us busy with all this. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we've gone over it tonight a lot. And I mean, we're here tonight doing a podcast. We've done three hours now, just over three hours now. We're talking about the media and how media lies. So, you know, what I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to help out with is basically just raising awareness of this course of it's called How to Become the True Media. So if you think that you can do what we're doing, if you think you got it in you to create a podcast and or to, you know, use a computer to uh, maybe write articles, publish publish content of many different forms. I would like to make you aware of how to become the true media. It's uh, it's an intensive 23-week technology skill skill set sharing seminar hosted on Telegram by Mark Passio of whatonearthishappening.com. This year, it's going to start on July 10th. It's going to go for 23 weeks until uh, December 11th. And um, it's going to be hosted every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
you know, so enrollment opens on April 1st and it will close on July 4th or when he fills all the seats because there is limited space available. So, um, set your calendars, you know, for April 1st, it's coming up, you know, in, uh, under two weeks now. So like I said, uh, we need, we need all hands on deck on this. If you have it in you to write articles on Substack, if you have it in you to make a podcast, to do, you know, things of this, uh, things of this nature, then um, I'd like to recommend this course because he really does take it from the ground up and uh, he really does a very fine job with helping people learn what they need to learn to use a computer to get on the field and, and do what needs to be done to tip the scales in the favor of truth and morality in the digital space. So having said that, I believe the, the, uh, the video is probably uploaded now. So I just want to make sure. Yeah. 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 I just want to make sure that I said something like that in there because it just seemed to make sense. So we'll watch this. Let's watch it. You got it. What makes a Nazi? How does he get there? To begin with, the Nazi control over a German child starts as soon as it's born. Hans recovered. Back in school, he's giving his daily pledge to fight, obey, and die for his Fuhrer, which pleases the Fuhrer very much. And Herr Goering, and Herr Goebbels, too. Sehr gut, sehr gut. Und nun, Kinder, werden wir unsere Naturkundestunde halten. Hans' school teacher is about to give the class a little lesson in natural history. einen Hahn. Und nun zeichne ich einen Fuchs. Nun passt gut auf, was jetzt hier passiert. Now let's see what they learn from this little lesson. Wer kann mir sagen, was wir daraus lernen können? Hans? Das arme Häschen. He said the poor rabbit. Is he out of his mind? Donnerwetter nochmal! Dummkopf! Was für eine blöde Antwort ist denn das? Geh in die Ecke! Was? Eins, zwei, drei! Eins, zwei, drei! Rauf auf den Stuhl! What would the Führer think of such a stupid answer? What would Herr Gering say? And Herr Goebbels? Dummkopf! Wer kann mir nur die richtige Antwort geben? Now then, who can give the correct answer? Ich weiß. Es zeigt uns, dass die Welt den Starken gehört. The world belongs to the strong. Und dem Brutalen. And to the brutal. Der Hase 
ist schwach und feige und verdient. The rabbit is a coward and deserves to die. They spit on the rabbit. Right? Kids. Good. Good. Ausgezeichnet. Und nun, Hans, was denkst du jetzt von dem armen Häschen? Ich hasse es. He hates the rabbit. There's no room for weaklings. Hans is learning fast. My, how he hates that rabbit. Oh, that's is better. Hans Please has better. come around to the correct Nazi way of thinking. Nice going, eh, Adolf? Jesus. Yeah. Yes, this lesson is the basis for the Nazi creed. For Germany will likewise destroy all weak and cowardly nations. Germans are a super race. All of us will be slaves. Germans are unconquerable. They fear no one. Marching and heiling, heiling and marching, Hans grows up. In him is planted no seed of laughter, hope, tolerance, or mercy. For him only heiling and marching, marching and heiling, as the years grind on. Manhood finds him still heiling and marching. But the grim years of regimentation have done their work. Now he is a good Nazi. He sees no more than the party wants him to. He says nothing but what the party wants him to say. And he does nothing but what the party wants him to do. And so he marches on with his millions of comrades, trampling on the rights of others. For now his education is complete. His education for death. Well, what do you guys think of that? Because it's disturbing. What do they do with all the anchoring that you asked for to be? You know, that's the same thing in America. Hiling and marching to the supermarket. To the to the you know whatever brand name store to spend our money, you know it's what that makes me think of right away is that they're trying to put an image into people's heads of what blindly following orders looks like, and it's not what you're doing it because that's what blindly following orders looks like. It couldn't you aren't blindly following orders because you already think that it looks like this thing, so it can't be what you're doing when it is what you. They just make it look one way so you don't think it's what you're going through on the other side. Because our education system and the German education system are, are like first cousins. And people don't understand. People don't. That's right. It's a big part of my work. My own personal work is to try to get that message out about the education system. And that is a very large focus point that a lot of people seem to have forgotten. But that's what that video brings to mind for me. Here's what order following really looks like. Here's what blindly obeying really looks like. And that's not the case. That is one form. Sure. What we just watched is definitely a form of it. Yes. But that's not the only form. So, yeah. Yeah, instead of, hail Hitler, USA, USA, right. USA. It's another, the same thing. 
Right. It was so easy and obvious just to see right there when the kid, well, the rabbit, boom, got to squish empathy. No empathy. You know, the psychopaths are squishing. And then the other ones responding right away. I was thinking survival of the fittest, you know, so oh, Darwinian right. thing. Boom. He yeah, said, the strong satanic. survive. Boom. There it is. See, so right. right away. The satanic roots of, yeah, all of that. And it's imprinted in the children. And um, following up with that, I'd like to play the 1942 uh the accident the new spirit yeah yeah we'll do that um the uh building off of ivan's point there right public shaming rituals oh right this is a part of the eugenics operation hidden in public schools and that's got they go through public shaming rituals which it's which what what those do is inculcates into the young people's minds uh, traits that are desirable and undesirable. And the, the way that they do it in the public schools is follow orders, do what you're told, succeed, and these are the traits that are desirable. Now, the rebels, the ones that are going to forge and blaze their own path or trail, those are the ones that end up in the dunce cap. Everyone else in the class in that video was rooting for the fox. The one kid that's like, the rabbit, why do they why do they have to do that to the rabbit? He's the one that goes and gets sit and sits in the dunce cap. He's going yeah, against the grain. Because he's got a heart. Yeah. That's and they want to they want to they want to get that shit out of there. They don't have time for that. They don't want it. And everyone's laughing at him. This is what happens to you when you go against the grain. And uh you better you better, you know, get privy to what's going on here real quick. It's the same thing as when you like if you don't fall in line and wear a mask, rah, rah, rah. Uh, even more in school, keep it in school. I'm seeing seeing and hearing 2023 version is he's gender neutral. He's a she or she's a he identifies respect, respect their individuality. If but and you know, the one kid would have been like, that's a boy. It's like, well, how dare you? He identifies as a female. What's wrong with you? Ah, dunce. Ah, what? That's today's version of that. Right. And it is a part of, uh, there is, there are uh, parts of, you know, human uh, desires, I think that are kind of preloaded into a lot, or maybe conditioned into a lot of people. I'm still on the fence as to which one it could be, but the desire to be accepted among, it's like a, it's another monkey trait. It's almost like an epigenetic kind of thing. Or like it's almost like this 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 trait that's just like a part of our like our existence where you don't want to be the outcast you don't you don't want to be kicked out of the tribe you know what I'm saying like it's it's, it's a lot part of, of our DNA of needing yeah. that human even if it's just a partner one person we do need that interaction being by yourself is not a good thing you know that that's you know yeah you go crazy or, or yeah that's not living it's goes yeah. against love the expansive force you need to expand with someone else at least a partner that's why marriage was hijacked into that you know the saturn ring and all this stuff and taxes filing no but it's that partnership it's about sharing a life you expand you know you grow that's love and then you have a family so it is part of what's required you know it's tough sticking out it's tough being the outlier I, I I went through it and I'll tell you, man, it was tough for me. You know, this ain't no, you know, therapy session, but I'll, I'll just, I'll fill you in. It, it was, it was difficult. 
the pub, the public shaming rituals in public schools. I mean, it's a real thing. They, they, they put you up there, you know, they write your name on the chalkboard. That's one way that they used to do it. Now they have like a color coded thing is another way that it got developed and so on and so forth. It's all these things, but uh, it is, it's, it's tough. It's tough standing out. You just want to, you know, part of it's just, you just want to like not be noticed. You want to be left alone, you know, cause you have the right to be left alone. And then the other part of it's like, you just want to be accepted among your peers. You don't want to be the kid that's getting, you know, uh, shoved out there as the, as the one that's a nuisance, you know, like when it's like, you know, you have this instinctual feeling that, you know, you've done nothing wrong, right. you know, and it's like, you know, but they make you, uh, they make you a nuisance, you know, just like, uh, you know, when Tucker tells the truth, everybody treats him like he's evil and sure he's a nuisance, like the shaming that goes on within the media, like, yeah. It happens the same way. Um, you know, we did share that clip. Right. I mean, that's reminiscent of the tactics that people are used to from their childhoods. It's just you now they're adults and it's going, it's happening again. You right. know, and, and it's like, oh yeah, it's supposed to, it's supposed to like garner the same, same reaction as it did. You know, that's like, that's the, con that's the conditioning going in when you're a childhood and here's the result of it as an, as an adult. You know, and, what you were mentioning <clears throat> earlier, James, about needing to be around people. You, we need that thing. That, again, has been hijacked, hence why in the movie theater, it's not just there for one person to watch. It's better when there's an audience, right. when a group of people, you need that energy of the people together. That's where they've hijacked that. And like rock I said earlier with the too. stadium, rock concerts, right. uh, sporting events, you need that, you know, that thing of all of us together that's that you know that's why it feels good that energy is there so see so they hijack that natural need to for others for you know the rest of us our, our brothers and sisters but they hijacked it for these nefarious purposes of programming distracting bread and circuses and all this stuff you know instead of like how many times have we said imagine a free your mind conference when we got ten thousand people in a stadium Right. Come on, the closest right. we got was like David Ike stuff, where he got a couple thousand at the O or, or you know, something Wembley Arena and stuff. See, so that's far and few between. But every freaking day, we got basketball games, baseball games, soccer games, hockey games. You know, all these sporting events, all this meaningless bullshit. Men playing with their balls, attracting thousands and hundreds of thousands of people for nonsense. See, but truth, right. truth doesn't get that kind of support. Well, we're putting the we're putting the effort in today. So <laughs> this here, this is a video that was hijacking people in 1942 called The New Spirit, and it stars Donald Duck. The Yankee Doodle spirit in the heart of everyone. It's the Yankee Doodle spirit now that's shouldering a gun for freedom and liberty. Your freedom, your liberty. This is our fighting song. For these are right and we will fight and never will we cease until we win our victory and everlasting peace. So light up that new Yankee Doodle spirit and forever let it shine. And show the world that this Yankee Doodle spirit is ours. It's yours. It's ours.
I just want to say, like, he's in the mirrors, and they're saying, light up that Yankee Doodle spirit. And then the thing in the mirror goes against. It's like it has its own will. Like, there's another, like, a spirit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. In the mirror like realm. And it's got its own will. And he's like, and then all of a sudden, he looks at the radio, and he's under the trance. And his eyes go over blah, with the freaking American flags, too. Also, just since we're paused, there's the very large emphasis on it being your freedom and your liberty. Right. It's ours, yours, and mine. It's like, it's obviously directed toward a certain group. It's not for everyone. There's very large claims of possession over freedom and and the, just the very beginning of this video that just sticking out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah. It's, it's not your freedom. It's not my freedom. It's freedom. It's not just for me. It's for everyone the same. Right. And I like the radio right there, the, the, you know, it's given like a human quality of a face right there, but yet transhumanist, this metallic human face t spouting this stuff. Look at it. Yeah. Oh, I see that now for sure. The green eyes and yeah, it yeah, looks. Yeah, it gets, it gets more into that. Like it, 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 it talks to you, you know. Here, we'll continue. It's Let's great. watch it. Yeah. Play it. Yes. There is a new spirit in America. The spirit of a free people, united again in a common cause to stamp tyranny from the earth. Our very shores have been attacked. Your whole country is mobilizing for total war. Your country needs you. Are you a patriotic American? Yes, sir. Eager to do your part? Yes, sir. Then there's something important you can do. You won't get a medal for doing it. Oh, that's all right. It may mean a sacrifice on your part. But it will be a vital help to your country in this hour of need. Shall I tell you what it is? Yes, what is it? Tell me. Shall I? Tell me what it is. Your income tax. Income tax? Yes, your income tax. income tax. It may not seem important to you, but it is important. What? Yes, and it's your privilege. Not just your duty, but your privilege <laughs> to help your government by paying your tax and paying it promptly. Oh, what's the big hurry? What's the big hurry? Your country is at war. Your country needs taxes for guns, taxes for ships. Taxes for democracy. Taxes to beat the Axis. Oh boy! Taxes oh. to beat the Axis! That wow. <laughs> taxes for democracy. Taxes for war. Taxes, taxes to beat to the Axis. Kill people. Oh, and, yeah. And I like the scarcity of it. Like, we need it now. Hurry up. Hurry up. It's now the, the war, it's at, it, it's on right. your home, you know, at the doorstep. It's like, what the and fuck? And it's your privilege to serve uh, us. <laughs> like, oh, God, it's gross. 
Anyway, yeah. let's let's continue here. James, you got something to say? Yeah, something? that that whole thing about privilege definitely stood out to me as well. You know, I mean, right. that's, that's another some uh, some more phrase that we another phrase that we hear being spouted around these days about certain people having a privilege that other people don't. I don't I don't really uh, I don't really see what they mean, but I, I suppose well, those taxpayers have privilege. I guess <laughs> yeah, it's part of your privilege as an American right. to give your money unwillingly to the government. Well, this this made people. Don't you feel so blessed? Don't you just feel so well taken care of, knowing that your money is killing kids? Right. Don't you feel just like so cool? Yeah. So so proud to be stolen from, just like the mind control with the movies and and you know subscription stuff. You're willfully paying, giving up money for something that's detrimental to you. Hence, the same argument here: it's a privilege to have money extorted from you to help build your prison, your own prison, your own thing. You know, yeah. Again, more obfuscations to kill others, and it's voluntary. It is voluntary, and Mm -hmm. it it was then. And nobody paid it until this. And then people started paying it because this was run before all the movies in the theaters. And it was like propaganda over and over again. It got people into people's brains to be patriotic. And, oh, it's only 1%. Man, okay. The cartoon says it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, are they back from the snack bar with the shitty food that they're going to eat? All right, now roll the film about the taxes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's go, okay. Now, how about your income tax? I'm going. What do you want? Why? You don't need all that stuff. No. You made less than three thousand dollars last year. Well, then you can use the new simplified form. It's streamlined. It's simple. All you need is a tax blank, <laughs> your pen. Right here. Some ink. Yes, sir. And a blotter. Take a big drink, son. We got work to do. First, your name, address, and occupation. Anyone who's taking blotter is not going to be paying their taxes. Actor! <laughs> <laughs> Actor. <laughs> Next, list your dependents. <laughs> now, what yeah, was your income? Now, don't guess. It will save a lot of trouble if you get it right. The total income is exactly $2,501. All right. Subtract your credit for dependents. That comes to $1,701. Now, you're single with dependents. Yes. Then just look in column B, okay. and you'll find it all worked out for you. Would you sign here, please? Now, if you really want to help, mail it in early. Be one of the first. Just address it to your local collector of internal revenue. Okay. And drop it in the nearest mail. Hey, wait. Well, this isn't necessary, but it shows the new spirit. The sooner you get your taxes in, the sooner they'll get to work. For it's your taxes, my taxes, our taxes that run the factories. Ah!
American factories, working day and night. Factories making guns, machine guns, anti-tank guns, long-range guns, 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 all kinds of guns. They seem to like to use they liked guns Blast back then. the aggressors from the seas. Axes for American factories. Working full blast. Making planes. Bombers. Dive bombers. Flying fortresses. Interceptors stalk the birds of prey that fly by night. Taxes to bury the axis. Taxes. Axes for ships, battleships, battle cruisers, destroyers, all kinds of battle wagons. Destroyer of freedom and peace. This is our fight. The fight for freedom. Freedom of speech. Of worship. Freedom from want and fear. Taxes will keep democracy on the march. Keep them coming. Yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> so Disney will show you how Nazis are made and they'll also show you how they die. <laughs> it's silly because like that symbol of the swastika is like a peaceful thing and it's like they're drowning it in the typhonic hole of blackness you know like really uh it's messed up what they do to symbols you know well it's a satanic inversion of the original thing right and it's right. on a tilt as well so it's like you know but yeah i mean the, there's uh the this the the shape of the swastika has been around for a very long time it's featured in many different religions and uh yeah, I mean it's it's always been a symbol of of peace and hope, right? And um, you know they took it and they bastardized it. That's what they did. They fucked it up. Yeah, well, I mean it's an it's the North Sky. But anyway, um, Ivan, what do you think of that? Um, what do you think of that clip? Would you know, that make you pay your taxes? <laughs> Just one percent. 
Well, back then, I would have been like, oh, gee, yeah, sign <laughs> me up. But Jesus. Wow. There were so many uh, just the fallacies and just the lies, oh, deceptions, man. and it's like, my goodness, wow. And people fell for this shit. They fell man. for it. Hook, line, and sinker, even to this day. Even by their now own people... rules, it was like, oh, during times of war. It's only during times of war, and then it becomes the new normal. And now right. it's well, <laughs> 100 plus years later. But There's still I, war all the time. It's, it's been yeah. it's been perpetual war. Ever since. That's right. That's a good excuse. So they're not yeah. even breaking their own rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, and our generation thinks it's it it's mandatory, like you must or whatever. But it's still just as voluntary. People, that's a rabbit hole that people should look into. <laughs> but that's as far as I'm going to go. Yeah, it is voluntary. Keep the video up. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're not on. We're maybe we are on YouTube. Actually. Oh, we are. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's good. But uh, you know, I'm th I'm saying that people people can be free if they can learn the word magic. You know, and a lot of these things put you with lower magic into a spell, and you could see how Donald was fully put under the spell by the spirit in the radio. That is like. It's a non-corporeal thing that enters this magic box and talks at you and tells you to be patriotic and to like follow these orders because it's your privilege to give money for guns. Uh, yeah. Don't you want to kill? Yeah, I like how we the music can do it for you. Dark tone. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Yeah. Ignore that. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good, dude. Uh, those are those are a couple big ones that I wanted to play because, uh, you know, they are cartoons, but they did affect the consciousness in a big way. And Donald Duck was used for a lot of military stuff. And, um, you know, Donald was recruited and um, he's like, you know, in the military, uh, you know, and he's uh, there's some cartoons where he goes nuts and he gets like shell shock and he tries to suicide himself. It's like, uh, it's really sick what they do to Donald Duck. And, um, but the, it's a way of like getting these ideas to, to kids, like to like, and even young adults, you know, um, it wasn't just kids, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we could play that vaccine propaganda one. That was really important. Uh, yeah, sure. yep. All right. With that, I guess I'm going to go ahead and bow out three and a half hours. Jeez. Thank you, Ivan. <laughs> That's cool. Three hours, 40 minutes. Cheers, brother. It's never a short one with you, huh, James? We can go no. on and on and on. Oh, and on. Oh, it's not possible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great, guys. Cheers, so, Ivan. Thank we'll you, brother. Again. Take I'll talk care, guys. To soon, brother man. Have a good right. night. Good night, everyone. Get out of here, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So another one in, another one for the books there, Sean. That's yeah, man. Cool. Hell yeah. Um we've got uh we got the turn them off one. Yep. I uh yeah, well that's what we'll play ourselves out with, I guess. Right? And, yeah, um, in the meantime, I want to let people know that like where we are, you know. 
diligently working behind the scenes here to create a space for the people that are fans of this show, not only this show, but maybe even my own and Sean's own private uh, projects where we explore different topics uh, in a different way. But here on Black Pill Digest, we do it and uh, it's more of a team effort. So we're also behind the scenes exploring a way to um, provide a space for people uh, through, say, maybe uh, the, the Gilded Chat server. Um, and, uh, you know, and so we're trying to build that out and see, I just want to make, you know, put it in people's, uh, you know, put it in people's ears that we're looking into creating such a space and, um, we're also exploring the possibilities of having it be a, uh, like a, like a members section, like a members, uh, members area where you'll have access to all of the clips and all of the articles and all the things that haven't made it into the show because the things that we featured here tonight is about uh, probably two-thirds of what we actually gathered, and there's numerous uh, articles that weren't featured. And um, We have PDFs of, like, the laws that we mentioned, like, yes. you know, the dot gov releases of some of these things that we were talking about we gathered a bunch of stuff and we didn't know if we were going to use it all or what if, you know if it was going to come to but we'll put it all there in the gilded chat um so that and you know it, it'll help everybody and um it'll help consolidate things i think and part of part of the Part of the problem when it comes to being independent and true media is the uh, the staying power of the whole operation. And that is where a lot of people have a lot of trouble. Um, we have tech issues. We have microphones and wires and this and computers and that and blah, blah, blah. And restream and we got to pay for. Like, yeah, uh, it, there's certain things of our infrastructure that... Or Zoom needs a subscription yeah. money. Yeah, it requires money. And um, we're looking for help. We're looking for the audience that enjoys our content to um, maybe chip in. And see what we can do to uh, continue this operation, to make it so it can continue in the digital space, and uh, perhaps even make it something that happens more often than once a month. Who knows what the possibilities could could be? But we're turning to our audiences and our audience for help, and uh, humbly asking for a helping hand in making sure that we can continue doing this work in the digital arena, um, and. Uh, know kind of a just a you know asking for uh your help so we're going to try to build that out we don't want to just ask for help and give nothing in return so what we're looking to do is build a members area where each where like from each broadcast that we do you'll not only be able to chat with us and our guests um you will also be able to access the all of the clips, all of the articles that are featured, mentioned, and left out of each broadcast, and you'll be able to take that information for yourself and for and come uh, and come to a better understanding on your own. And, and you can build upon it too. You can bring uh, information on that same topic 
and we can keep going further in the discovery in uh, the chat. Uh, we'll have different rooms for each show. We'll we'll break it down so that we can, you know, if you if there's something new that happens in education and put it in the last show's box. And like if there's something that happens in the media, like new laws change or whatever, we'll add it to that. We'll continue adding. We'll be paying attention to these topics for sure. Oh, for sure. And um we're also looking into building out uh I'm looking into building out the the infrastructure needed to um to have uh calls on on air. So that's also something that that we will if this if this works, if this uh if this happens, we'll be able to offer that as well as a member's uh as a member's what would you call it a benefit of being a, a member of the uh, the Black Pill Digest. Um, yeah, there would be good to have calls in the later section, yeah, like like the right first portion with the guests, and maybe uh -huh. we could even invite calls during the guest time. Who knows? We'll 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 see what the future what the future brings. But uh, these are things that are on our mind. These are things that we're that we're trying to um, we're trying to offer in return that it's more than just our shows, our, our shows, our content, as far as what you're viewing and listening to right now or tonight, always free, 100% free. Our, our videos, our interviews, our, all of this will never be behind a paywall. That is a, my word. And if I ever go back on that word, I'll eat this hat that I'm wearing on air and you can watch that for free instead. Yeah. So, well, that, that hat's made of bacon. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's wool. Anyways, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to make light of it, but I I um I understand the hesitancy. But I'm just saying that our content, what you see, what you've seen tonight, will always be available 100% for free, and um and the chat, the the text chat that you get on the various channels will never be behind a paywall as well. However, we have more to offer than just these things. So that's what we're trying to figure out. So that's uh, that's what I wanted to say to people and to be on, uh, be on the lookout for that. And by next time, we'll have more information. That's what I'm going to be working on. My show, Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth, is on semi-hiatus. I have one interview set up between now and the next Black Pill Digest. And um, we're looking to have the next Black Pill Digest be uh, kind of a an overview of the technocratic state. So we're, we're looking into uh, getting guests for that. We have a few prospects lined up again, keeping well, in maybe, maybe we'll keep it Chuck. Cause if we, so sometimes a guest like we go, we'll we but that's what we're looking into and we seeing juggle some, we got other topics too, just in case like whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Sorry, man. But yeah, uh, like in case, like whatever, something doesn't work out. We don't want to like. But yeah, that's the topic that we're looking into getting into next time, and uh, and we're hoping to bring that to your to you guys, the audience out there. And uh, so yeah, I mean, keep your eyes and ears open out there, my friends, and uh, don't let these don't let these sickos take control of your mind. Have it be your own. And uh, you can find Wake the Dead at wherever the podcasts are found. And I've got 
another uh i've got a project in the works with somebody that is a is a friend and a colleague and um i'm not going to say what it is yet but um keep your eyes open for that it's another <clears throat> it's another entire another new way of of uh spreading the message and i'm excited about it so um that will be soon at the end of the month i will be announcing that so uh please keep an eye out on wake the dead and you can find me at uh wake the dead or no uh, at one great work network.com slash sean hyphen mccann and uh there's a donate button on that page there um we need all the help uh, we can get. It's been, I do have a job now and uh, thank everybody that donated before. And uh, I appreciate it. It really helped to get, I got down to like 23 bucks and now I'm like starting to bounce up again. And it's, it's uh, all the, all the help was very helpful and um, I'm still climbing out of the hole, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's great. And I appreciate everybody. And uh, thank you so much. And you can find this design here, this uh, wonderful thing on my sweatshirt here. Uh, you can find that at uh, storefrontier.com slash wake the dead. And uh, we hope that you will be listening to our next show when we bring it to your ears. Thank you again. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, that's that. That's gonna do it. We're gonna play this clip, and um, and we'll we'll leave you with this. So, as I like to do, I like to kind of impart on people some some kind words before I sign off. I just want to let everyone know that uh, this isn't hopium, but it's not over. The fight's not over. We just need just need more people to be aware of what's really going on, and people need to be confident that they can make a difference. All it takes is understanding right from wrong and how it applies equally to everybody. This is called objective morality. Get in on it. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay? And we can achieve the freedom that we so desperately not only, not only want, but we need it. You know? Enough of this, my life is the only thing that matters mentality there's a thing out there you might have heard of it it's called the future and there's going to be people living in that we need to think of them as well so thank you very much for your kind attention this evening my name is james cordiner i'm the host of a hitchhiker's guide to truth my website is freeyourmindne.com come on over there check it out you might find something you like learn a little thing or two about natural law along the way and uh, I'm very blessed and very happy to be here with one of my best friends, Mr. Sean McCann, host of Wake the Dead. And uh, to be doing this with him is an honor and a privilege all on its own. So that being said, thank you, audience. Thank you, Sean. And I hope you guys enjoy this final clip. We'll see you out there. You people and 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now because less than 3% of you people read books. Because less than 15% of you read newspapers. 
Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This tube is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This tube can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This tube is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world. And when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth on this network. So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves, because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. But man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry. Just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Hey, I was watching that. The TV rots your brains. <laughs> Go to your room. Expect a complete report tomorrow morning on the life of the Aardvark.